No, I listen to it all the time. I tell all my friends to smack it raw. Podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the host are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Smack and Raw Podcast, episode two thirty-two. I am your host, the patron saint of podcasting, the warden Matt Ritter, and I am here with my co-host back this week, tying up the score five to five for the title of Pornhub Poppy with Miss Katie Kinsey Bebe, who was here last week while Vince was off. Uh, Daddy Delgado, the Sultan of Spitter Swallow Vince, how are you? I am with AEW, Matt. That's how you are, <laughs> you are I thought I'd make it. I'm, I'm with AEW. No, no, I'm just kidding. Daddy's home, Matt. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Back to talk some wrestling with you. And uh, I missed you greatly, man. I missed you on that one week off. Yeah, no, we were fine without you. It was, it was fun time. No, but, but see, also, too, I have to miss some weeks early on because if I'm so consistent, like at the start, like there goes the whole drama, the suspense. You know, we have to have people thinking that I'm not going to be Pornhub Poppy at the end of the year. I was going to say we got 52 weeks, so exactly, exactly. I'll make it. I'll make it interesting. I'll make it interesting. And we did not come alone uh, today. We have our very special guest from Botch Spots and Chair Shots. It is the one, the only, Mr. Will Gray. You know him if you watched the UW epi- or UWO episode I was on. Uh, we had a fun time there. Also, great show, great podcast. Will, welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Matt. I uh, sat through and begrudgingly watched some WWE and AEW this week. I did have the opportunity to see Dynamite Live, so I'm uh, excited to throw in my two cents about that. All right. Sweet. Well, let's get into some news and rumors real quick. Uh, obviously, first off, the biggest thing that everyone's been talking about, which I don't think is as big a news as everyone's making it out to be, but uh, Cody and Brandy left AEW. Everyone's like, Undertaker. <laughs> that is the main event. All right, you chill. Um, <laughs> Cody and Brandy left AEW. Apparently, there was a contract dispute. Uh, money and some other things and now everyone's thinking Cody's going to go back to WWE and oh my god is this the end of AEW or you know uh, all of the all of the things that are going around honestly while I do think Cody Rhodes was in an integral part of creating AEW I don't think he has been a vital part of keeping AEW currently and I don't think it was that big of a loss for AEW to lose Cody Rhodes. Unless, of course, now all of the old dusty tie-ins like uh, Blood and Guts, which was War Games or whatever shows Cody was able to copyright the name for that his father created before WWE got their hands on him. That goes away. But other than that, I don't really see 
this is a huge, huge loss for AEW. How are you guys feeling about it? Uh, well, uh, I'll let you start off, man. I feel like Rhodes leaving AEW, specifically looking at it from their corporate positions, uh, a company, you know, everybody runs best when they have like 13 EVPs running their company. So you look at it from a company-wide <laughs> perspective, I don't think either of them are going to be missed in a corporate perspective. Working in the ring, uh, everybody saw the writing on the wall where Brandy wanted to write herself into the, the AEW women's title picture. We're not going to miss that. Uh, everybody knows Cody wanted to have the no title clause removed from his title. We're not going to miss that. As heartbroken as we all would be to see the title reign of the American Nightmare, but I just feel like overall they're not really going to be losing a whole lot by not having them in the picture anymore. There's enough talent on that on that roster to be able to keep pushing. If he does end up back in WWE, great. If he goes to back to the NWA, great. I don't see him being anything more than a mid card guy anywhere he lands. He he will maybe vent, but he's not going to be. He's not going to carry along. He's like a Miz when it comes to his title reigns. If he gets a title reign, it'll be like that. Yep. Uh. So in terms of the effects on AEW, I believe a clear, like, I'm just going to focus on, like, the pure, like, on-screen effect that he'll have. And I think the effect that he'll have is that AEW will feel like a, a like a full show because whenever Cody Rhodes would show up, it felt like his segments and his matches existed in an alternate universe aside from everything else that the Elite was doing. Like, if Cody Island or Cody Miniverse, whatever you want to call it, it felt like it was segregated and separated from everything else. Towards the end, it did seem like he was working with guys like Andrade and Malachi Black, but I, I think it's just going to make their overall product feel like a full-on show instead of a, like a little like mini segment for Cody. And whether he lands with NW, like if he lands with like a, let's say an NWA or an Impact, I can see him being a legit main eventer. Like heck, they had uh they had a uh, why am I uh why am I drawing a blank? Uh, they had Rich Swan at a world champion as a main offender nothing against rich swan but cody's just on another tier compared to rich swan so i think he'll be okay there and i think he's like he's on that tier for an nwa title run you know like matt cardona has it so you know if matt cardona could be nwa champion so can cody Rhodes. if he goes to new japan pro wrestling that could help new japan to try to get more interest back in the western side of uh their demographic because they're trying to get uh fans back in the states if he goes to wwe uh it's like a roulette like just like it's, it's you have no idea what they're gonna what they're gonna do they might want to make something big initially i i think the perfect spot for for cody Rhodes would be kind of like a similar like an edge run like he's hovering around the title doesn't actually win it but it does like some stuff on the side like the like the randy orton feud like the miss feud like the seth feud i can see cody maybe doing something like that i'm not saying it's, it's gonna be interesting or i'm looking forward to it but we'll see what happens the only the only match I want to see Cody Rhodes have in WWE is WrestleMania Cody versus Triple H. And if we're not going to do that, then don't even fucking bring him back. Don't bother because I don't see any other value for WWE with the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. You know, everyone's mm -hmm. joking about bringing back Stardust and <laughs> calling him the Galactic Nightmare and all these things. And which I'm for. Uh, Give me the Galactic yes. Nightmare. I'm all about yeah. that. Like I. I I've, I see well, nothing hey. in value for Cody Rhodes going to WWE. I don't see him offering anything or bringing anything. I don't see them needing him. But with everything that we saw through AEW and Triple H and just the way that WWE likes to do things, it would only be fitting for the man who 
conquers every other promotion that WWE brings about the way he defeated sting and the way he crushed every WCW guy he came across uh, for triple H to uh, destroy Cody Rhodes after Cody Rhodes, the throne breaker did his little sledgehammer gimmick. Triple H is essentially King the Conqueror in the WWE universe. Um, but I don't know, like, is, is Triple H even like healthy enough to like wrestle? Like that that's the, the big question here. It's like I, mean, I want to see it, but if he's if it's gonna if he's gonna give me like that tag match that he had DX versus Brothers of Destruction, I don't want to see it again. Well, to be fair, that was he got injured during that match, and then Sean had to do a lot more than they had planned on letting Sean do. Um, and also so, uh the mayor of knox county um was not in the best shape for that match either Uh, no one was ready for that match apparently his mayoral duties uh did not allow him to get into ring shape uh going in there those are those are excuses those excuses uh vince mcmahon no the match was bad like it was bad (laughs) vince mcmahon finds time in the day to still work down and look like a freakzilla like a jacked son of a bitch so like listen can't shoot Vince Vince McMahon sleeps three hours a week. The man is basically a vampire. The man is basically a vampire. And what he does is he drains the life force of all of the people in catering, which is why we never see them. And that's what keeps him alive and why he's going to live to be 192. Like, so he's the Morbius of the WWE universe. I like on a Marvel kick right now. yeah, I actually am, man. Like, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness is coming up. I've been watching uh, uh, Loki and Marvel's What If. So, like, I'm, I'm really feeling Marvel right now. It's, it's in the brain. I, I can see brain. that from every reference you make. Uh, next up, 205 Live, if you guys didn't know, uh, is officially dead. Not that uh, I think many people were actually watching it. I feel like it died a long time ago. And it was replaced with NXT Level Up. Uh, I saw a lot of discourse of why have NXT level up if you've already got NXT 2.0? Why not just leave it to black and gold and make this NXT 2.0? And these are two completely different ideas and programs. Yeah. Uh, Vince was not happy with the performance of NXT black and gold, which is why we got NXT 2.0. And Will and I were talking about it a little before the show is I do honestly feel like with NXT 2.0, if we get invested in these characters, we have a much better chance of seeing these characters transition to the main roster the way they are yes. because they're already getting the WWE spin down there. And all NXT level up is, is AEW dark or AEW dark elevation for WWE. Exactly. Like, That's where you're going to see like Lash Legend and all these other like wrestlers that aren't ready. Like, uh, like the tag team guys that are like red things. I forget their name. Brooks uh, and Dunn. Well, Briggs and yes. Jensen, but I call them Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, bricks and done. Uh, maybe that's where they make their strides. Uh, there's there's just a, like a lot of people like what what is it? Dante Chen is like one of the like the dudes that like got highlighted early on, but then got injured. Like it'd be a nice spot for him. Like and that's what they were using two hundred five live anyways. Like you saw like an Odyssey Jones on two hundred five live, which made no sense whatsoever. Um, but I'm all for it. Like it's it's totally cool. Like that's what I was actually hoping two would be. And they kept black and gold, but you know it's still serving the same purpose. Like level up is what I wanted 2.0 to be, and 2.0 is serving black and gold. And I agree with both of you guys that as much as I miss black and gold, 2.0 is gonna allow these characters to actually transition to main roster and stay more aligned of the character we've been seeing them 
development. So that's the one plus of 2.0. The perfect example of that right now is Braun Breaker. He came in, he was developed by WWE, built to be who he is now. He's getting the meteoric push to the top. And when he moves to the main roster, he's not going to go through the identity crisis of like Karrion Cross or Damian Priest, like what we were talking about. Like he's going to be a developed guy in WWE's cut and copy format. He'll go to the main roster as Braun Breaker. He'll continue to be that same person. He's not going to get moved around and shuffled and changed gimmicks multiple times to see what sticks. They have who he is ready to go now. Yep. They'll slot him right in. Um, Johnny Gargano and Candice, uh, they had baby Gargano, and they named him Quill. So, uh, obviously, back to Vince's Marvel references, Peter Quill, yes. Star-Lord. Uh, so, shout-out to them and congrats to them for uh, having that baby. Um, we're happy for them. And now that the baby is born, after maybe some paternity leave, we'll find out where and what Johnny plans to do next, and possibly Candace too. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what they both do because whether that's back in 2.0, main roster, AW, or just any other indie promotion they want to go to, the sky's the limit for both of them because they're both fantastic wrestlers. And I think with their heel persona, they both really unlocked something like character wise, which I felt like Candace and Johnny were kind of missing on NXT, specifically Candace, because they really didn't give her much character work. I feel like Candace LeRae as a wrestler can carry herself on her own. She doesn't need Johnny. So I don't feel like no. they even need to go somewhere together. I feel oh, no. like no, no, you go back on an independent level and carry your own. I feel like Johnny can do the same. I see him more than likely staying with the company though. I feel like he's kind of got that image. He really wants to be the next HBK bad on the main roster. I feel like so that that small, quick guy that can brawl but can still do his moves. I feel like that's kind of what he wants to be for WWE if they can handle him right if he goes back to the main roster. I agree because, again, key phrasing here is if they handle him right, Johnny Gargano could be the same mold of a Shawn Michaels, of a Daniel Bryan. Like, yeah, you lost Daniel Bryan going to AEW, but you have a perfect guy to replace that exact same role in Johnny Gargano who has shown that can – work as a baby face and as a heel they put they completely bungled uh sammy zane's main roster college could have done the same for sammy zane you can argue if you saw his nxt run he could be a really good heel and baby face but they haven't really done that johnny gargano has potential to be what you were saying well like that sean michaels guy that dan bryan guy so here's where here's where i'm going to disagree with you on that is I know everyone made the comparison when he was in NXT to Sami Zayn and uh, Daniel Bryan, where they thought Sami Zayn was that Daniel Bryan character in NXT back in the day. Uh, I think especially now, more recently, we've seen that Sami Zayn is much more of the Miz than he is Daniel Bryan, where he may eventually get that title run, but it's more so his speaking and character work that's going to carry him and the things he's doing with like a Johnny Knoxville now he's got his intercontinental title back, so on and so forth, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, these things that's going to carry Sammy through his legacy in WWE, even though he is a fantastic wrestler, um, I don't necessarily see him in the Daniel Bryan role as much as I see him now as more of a Miz adjacent. With his current heel run, I agree, but as a babyface, Miz struggled and flatlined. 
Sami Zayn does not have that issue. And I think once they do pull the trigger on a Sami Zayn baby face run, you'll see that. We'll see. He that. did not have that issue in NXT. We have not seen it on the main roster because on the main roster, he was not getting over as a baby face, which is why he ended up yeah. turning heel, saving Kevin Owens, and he's been a heel since. I think if we get Sami Zayn more close, over. if we get a Sami Zayn closer to his NXT character, though, we can he he's more likely to get over because there's still enough people that remember him because it wasn't that long ago that would be like, oh, okay, this is the guy that made us like Sami Zayn. Yeah. And if you remember at the Royal Rumble, he was still getting his Olay chance like he did when he was a baby face. And he, they were singing the line to his old theme song while he was in the ring. So, like, the fans want to see that. They, they obviously still love Sami Zayn and want to root for the man. So I don't, I don't think we'll have that issue. It's just more or less, like, I feel like it's that issue we were just talking about, like, with Black and Gold and main roster as opposed to 2.0. They had an identity for Sami Zayn. They brought him up to the main roster and had no idea what to do with him because they didn't really watch their own product. So I think that's what it was. It was a product for the time that Sami Zayn gets developed now in 2.0. I think he has a better chance to transition as that they face on main roster. But time will tell. And speaking of Sami Zayn, his best friend Kevin Owens is rumored to have a very big match coming up at WrestleMania against the one, the only, the possibly returning Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, we heard from reek in our group chat that rumor is vince sent a ring out to austin uh so he could take some bumps and see how he feels which we know he did for undertaker for a very long time when he was bringing undertaker back so that's no surprise there i i grew up on stone cold and i know there's a lot of well you know they bring back goldberg and they bring back lesnar and they bring back all these old guys blah blah, blah. this is not stone cold coming in and challenging for the wwe championship and going against roman reigns or Bobby Lashley, or whoever wins the Elimination Chamber, which is going on right now as we're recording this. Um, this is him going on, you know, going against Kevin Owens. He's giving the shine to someone who's using his finisher. I think this is the proper way to use Stone Cold, kind of like the way AEW's been using Sting. Um, mm -hmm. I think Kevin Owens is one of the best guys you could put Stone Cold in there to keep him safe and have make him look really fucking good. So I am all for Stone Cold coming back for one more match, especially if it's against KO. I feel ahead, like that him coming back is going to be, I think we're more likely to see a WrestleMania moment with KO versus a full-on match. Uh, and I think that what solely it's going to come down to is how Austin feels in the ring. If he's got a ring in Texas and he's taking bumps now, seeing how his neck and his back feels and his knees, like a guy who's out of ring shape and especially not to say at his age, like he's like he uses a sting or, you know, a flare, somebody who's up there that's still taking bumps. But if he's with what he's had medically done in the past, if he's not ready to take a bump, I see him being upfront with Vince and going, look, this oh, yeah. is what I'm capable of. And this is what I'm willing to do for you versus I, I don't think he's going to put himself in a situation to have a match if he's not going to be WrestleMania ready for a match. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Will. Uh, the one thing that I've long respected and admired about Stone Cold is that when the rumors were hot, we'd like to see him punk stuff and other wrestlers like, oh, we're going to bring you back and do a match. He's always been like, no, I don't want to come back. I don't want to be a shell of my former self. I want to be able to deliver Stone Cold Steve Austin. If I can't deliver Stone Cold Steve Austin Rattlesnake, I don't want to deliver that. And again, nothing against anyone else that comes back for a payday like Goldberg 
or or a Sting or a Shawn Michaels, but you see them and even their gear. Like I don't want to see Stone Cold wrestler in a T-shirt. Like if he if he's coming out and he doesn't have like like his usual gear, like he's not gonna feel like Stone Cold to me. And I want to feel like Stone Cold. I agree with Will. I think it's more likely that we get a WrestleMania moment with Kevin Owens, uh, and that would be great. But but if he comes back and he looks even like 70% or 50 or 60% of what he used to be, Kevin Owens, it's a great guy to put him in the ring with. I thought CM Punk was the perfect guy for a comeback match, but CM, uh, Kevin Owens is just right up there, if not more so than a, Stone, uh, than a CM Punk. So I'm for it if we're going to get something good, similar to uh, when we got Goldberg Brock at Survivor Series when it was a squash match and it was really good, or their WrestleMania rematch, which I thought was good. If we get something along the lines of shit we get from Goldberg from Saudi Arabia, I don't want to see it. I wouldn't be mad if we got like a short match like uh, we got with Cena and Undertaker. That was exactly what it needed to be. It was perfect at WrestleMania, Cena coming out of the crowd, them doing the thing. Cena made Undertaker look great after a bad showing in Saudi Arabia. Um, I'd be fine with that. So, Also, Will, don't worry about being polite. Just hop in there because Vince will talk over everyone. And so will I. So if you if you got to get in there, get in there. Yes, I, yes, I, man. I see, Just jump I see in. you picking your spot. Bulldog. No man, no man. Come, just jump in. <laughs> Come in there like Seth Rollins with a steel chair and just hit hit us in the back of the in the back with it. And last, last but not least, as I mentioned, my favorite wrestler of all time, my personal goat finally getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and I will say it loud and proud there is nobody in the history of wrestling that deserves it more than this man uh, as far as the wwe hall of fame goes the undertaker is going to be uh inducted there are a lot of people calling for the undertaker to be the only inductee this year now i know batista was supposed to be inducted i think the last two years and both times mm -hmm. got sidelined uh first for covid and then last year he couldn't make it do you guys want to see a full induction class or would you be okay with just a single one night induction for the undertaker? I feel like what they're doing right now is the rumors. They're going to be doing it at a SmackDown. They're not going to actually be doing it. WrestleMania weekend. If what I was reading online is right, if they're going to be doing anything other than the WrestleMania rollout, then absolutely give nothing but the time to the, to the dead man. He's more than deserving of it. He could get a WrestleMania moments for him. But if they're already going to be doing it on a, a TV taping or on a, a live show, then absolutely give him what he deserves and give him just that time. There's nobody they're going to induct with him that's going to be able to touch what he's done over the last 30 plus years, the way he carried kayfabe throughout his entire life. Um, he's in my top five of all time, not my all time favorite, but top five. So I feel like for the most part, if they don't do it, they're doing him dirty because there's not going to be anybody that walks in beside him short of Vince or Kane or Michaels or somebody that had one of those iconic moments with him. There's nobody that's going to be able to walk beside him. That's going to be equal to what he's doing this year going in. I agree. Um, that, that's very true. Um, to answer your Matt's question earlier, like there's no one more deserving. I think the only person that might be more deserving, if not on par with Undertaker, is Vince himself. In terms of the WWE Hall of Fame, I think he's, Undertaker, Vince McMahon, they're like right here. They're both integral to WWE success. Um, Undertaker's been the WWE guy from the jump. Like you said, well, him like carrying on uh, kayfabe up until like recent memory. 
I would like to see a personal just induction of Undertaker have like a Shawn Michaels like like story like the Kane Mick story Foley. like McFoley, uh, Vince McMahon obviously like Triple H like so many people that have had history with Undertaker. I would like to see like like little like mini tribute like interviews and then leading up to Undertaker. Let that man have his own stage. Let that have let, let him have the whole two hours of SmackDown and just be Undertaker's induction ceremony, SmackDown edition. Because and, and if it's fitting too, because SmackDown is the show he called home for so many years in the Ruthless Aggression era when they did the brand split. Now, so I'm, I don't, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I don't know. I think I heard that they're going to do the Hall of Fame after SmackDown. So I don't know if that necessarily means it's going to be at SmackDown or if it's just going to go on the Friday before WrestleMania after SmackDown. Uh, so we will see, but either way, I'm good with that. I want to share, uh, especially after a conversation that I had with Will uh, on UWO, my my all time favorite Undertaker moment is when he tied Hulk Hogan to the back of his motorcycle and dragged him through the arena. Uh, uh, absolutely, my favorite all time Undertaker moment. Uh, you want to know mine? Yeah, it's the one where uh, Teddy Long gets in the back uh, in the back seat of the limo. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> buckle up teddy and then he just drives him off and then teddy has like the worst like scared face like in the history of wrestling my favorite and it's it's crazy because i have been an undertaker fan like undertaker's what really got me into wrestling i i was renting uh videos from the video store and i was watching you know his feuds with hbk back in the day or the boiler room brawl with mankind and even stuff earlier than that where you saw him like actually you know, building coffins with Paul Bear and like the saloon and shit like that for the in your houses and stuff like that. And that's really what like gravitated and grasped me. And then like when Stone Cold came around, I was all in wrestling was it like that solidified it. But uh, still, even at this point, one of my favorite Undertaker matches is from WrestleMania. And it's oddly enough, his first match with Triple H at WrestleMania 17. I, there's something about that match that I absolutely love. Really? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. His best match is probably 25 or 26 with HBK. And I, I lean more towards 25, but my favorite, 25. and I've had that, I've had this discussion a lot where what's what I think is the best and what are my favorite aren't necessarily the same thing. Like, I think the original Halloween is the best Halloween, but my favorite Halloween is Halloween six. Like it is what it is. My favorite yeah. undertaker match for whatever reason is just him beating the living dog shit out of triple H all through that arena and WrestleMania 17. I feel like I think, my my two wrestle my two Undertaker moments. One is WrestleMania 26. I feel like the match at Sean in 25, the story build up throughout the year, and then the culmination of them having back to back manias. Those were two of the best stories those characters had throughout their careers that build up the delivery. My favorite Undertaker match was the Boiler Room Brawl at SummerSlam against Mankind. Mm. Coming up as a young wrestling fan, I was a Mankind fan. So seeing him and that rivalry build between him and The Undertaker with Paul Bear being part of it, that was that moment for me where I was like, okay, this guy is, he, he was different than everybody else on the screen at the time. You know, they put him and Mankind together and you saw totally different characters and wrestlers and talent than what were being portrayed anywhere else in the company at that point. And I thought that was super cool. And when you look at gimmick matches, I mean, Buried Alive, Casket Match, Boiler Room Brawl, <laughs> Hell in a Cell, 
and the Inferno match. He he may not have been the he made like the Inferno match was obviously Kane's match, but he was in it with Kane. He was, you know, mm-hmm. in Hell in a Cell with HBK where Kane debuted. Like he was an integral part of all of these gimmick matches that we got that we look back on so fondly from our childhood. So, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I I am super stoked to have him inducted. Uh, no, that's probably gonna be my I favorite part. Like, I think weekend. I think you can arguably arguably I can't talk. You can say that he's probably like the Michael Jordan of of wrestling like he's like the most no-brainer hall of famer ever and like he finally gets in and i don't know there's just nothing negative i can say about this news like it's all just good stuff well i'd love to agree with you so i love the undertaker and don't get me wrong at some point i felt like having a match against the undertaker was bigger than winning the royal rumble and wrestling for the title like it was there was a point there but as I said on that UWO episode, I cannot deny the cultural impact or the uh, the money drawn by the one and only Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold Steve Austin. So those two, I would have to put as closer to a probably Stone Cold for me, closer to a Michael mm-hmm. Jordan as far as uh, just because I've got that little bit of Hulk Hogan bias. But I can't deny what he did for the business. Like I, I can't, that part I can't deny. I may not like the guy. I may think he's a shit in ring competitor. I cannot deny the effect that he had in the eighties and even through the nineties and WCW on the business. And That's the okay. Cause I can't, so. <laughs> I can't. You absolutely can. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I do like, uh, I do like Michael Jordan being like tied to Undertaker. I think he's more aligned, but if he's, if he's not Michael Jordan, he's Kobe Bryant. And that has nothing to do with him in the documentary saying Kobe as he shot like a, a piece of paper into a garbage can. Uh, but yeah. Shout out to Undertaker, shout out to the Hall of Fame. This is ex- exactly long overdue and exact, exactly who should get inducted this year. I can't think of a more deserving name. And seeing as I didn't do it, and we also have to actually get into the recaps because that was a long news and rumor segment. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, as I always do uh, normally at the beginning of every show, uh, please go check out the Black Lives Matter NWO style t-shirts from Young Kings Wrestling, who we work with a lot. Uh, they're fantastic. The money that is generated from the purchase of those t-shirts is put into a fund and then it is donated directly to GoFundMes for people who were affected by police brutality and uh, injustice. Um, TC takes care of it. He he cultivates the fund. It is in no way, shape or form associated with the Black Lives Matter organization, but it is to support the people who are affected by the things that the movement was started because of, and it is something that we all support and have supported. I know Vince has his shirt. I've got uh, our shirts and hoodies. I've got my shirts and hoodies. Um, We know TC very well, so we know that that money is actually being handled and put where he says it's put. It's not being used for frivolous things or to fund the podcast. Like That's the whole purpose of him making those shirts. So as we always do, please go check that out. Um, It's my pinned tweet at Matt Ritter. You guys can go there take a look they've got uh black and pink for breast cancer awareness black and white and then like i said we have special black and red shirts that if you hit up young kings wrestling at yk wrestling uh pod on twitter you will be able to you know hit tc up and request that from them but will yeah we're here where would you like to start raw nxt smackdown dynamite or rampage let's start on dynamite dynamite all right so we kick it off with the CM Punk promo. He talks about how he inspired a generation. He says that MJF thinks of himself as Piper in Portland. 
or Punk in Chicago or Brett in Calgary, but he's really, really just shitty Max from shitty Long Island. Uh, he gets a rematch, says he wants a dog collar match and asks MJF to be his Valentine at Revolution. Uh, then Punk calls MJF out to remind him of the day that he waited three hours to meet CM Punk. And he's like, for me, it was just a Friday and I'm going to beat you bloody and it's going to be the worst day of your life. But for me, it's just going to be another Saturday. And MJF leaves speechless, which is probably the first time we've ever seen that. Uh, we got Brian Danielson defeating Lee Moriarty in a banger. Um, we've uh, D Brian asked if Lee passed the violence test. Crowd says yes. And Danielson's like, oh, well, that's why I don't trust you guys or the American public with anything. Then he calls out Mox because he wants the answer from Mox as to what he proposed. Are you going to join me? Are we going to build this new generation? Are we going to come together? And it's story time with Mox. And Mox tells us this beautiful story about wrestling Daniel Bryan on the Indies and how he's never beaten Bryan Danielson. Um, he was finally excited to put Bryan's head on his mantle. Um, and now he doesn't know. So he says he's not sure. But one thing he is sure of is he doesn't stand side by side with anyone he hasn't bled with. So basically, you got to fight me first. And after we fight, then we can talk. And he just kind of leaves uh, Brian with that ultimatum there. We find out uh, a little promo from Keith Lee. He has a three-phase plan. Qualify, check. Win the ladder match, check. And then TNT title. So um, that's where he's going with that. I, I, I'm reserving judgment. I would love to see them put Keith Lee in the position that I wanted to see Keith Lee in in WWE. We will see how they utilize him. Uh Wardlow defeats Max Caster and qualifies for the face of the revolution ladder match. So now we got Wardlow and Keith Lee in there. Bones attacks Wardlow afterwards. Spears just sits there and watches and waits for Wardlow to wreck them and then comes in and starts beating them with a chair because that's all Sean Spears is good for. Um, we got a Mercedes interview. <laughs> so Britt demands that Mercedes Martinez finishes the job and then out of fucking nowhere, Sensei Crease, John Crease from the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai shows up. Then I noticed Britt's wearing a Cobra Kai t-shirt, so apparently she is Cobra Kai. Um, and he tells Britt, if Martinez fails tonight, no mercy. Finisher. Um, that was interesting. We got a Hangman interview. Cole interrupts, puts Hangman over, says it's a shame he has to be the one to end his title run. Hangman wonders what it felt like for Cole to sit from the sidelines and watch as all his friends started a revolution and created a company. Um, they do a who's the worst friend check back and forth. Um, when Adam Cole's around, Hangman is just the other Adam, he tells him. And then after a nice little handshake, uh, the undefined direction jumped the champ. Dark Order and security run them off. Uh, and then 10, for whatever reason, loses his shit and just starts wrecking security guards. Uh, the inner circle breakup match. Kingston gets a huge pop as he comes out to be in Proud and Powerful's corner. Uh, Proud and Powerful get the win. And Kingston and Jericho start brawling on the outside because Jericho can't keep his own shit to himself and focus on what he's supposed to focus on. Uh, undisputed elite promo. Uh, Red Dragon and the Young Bucks fight over who loves Adam Moore. Adam can't choose sides, and when Cutler's like, where are you going to go? He's like, shut up. Turn off the camera. Uh, Mercedes Martinez loses to Thunder Rosa in a no-DQ match. There's a little show of respect after the match, 
And then Kreese standing ringside gives the signal to Britt. Britt sends in Rebel and Hater. They beat down Thunder Rosa. Mercedes gets up. Britt hands her the pipe. She hesitates, and then they beat down Martinez as well. Uh, we got the House of Black promo. Malachi looks like he needs a buddy. And he's got a friend from the past who's coming to help even up the score with the death triangle. And I think we all know who that is. Uh, we got a Jay White promo. Again, I don't know jack shit about Jay White. So, eh. Um, and then in our main event, Darby loses to Sammy in the TNT title match after Andrade and the HFO cost Darby. Um, and then they drop Sammy after the match too, because as Andrade said, he is going to be the next TNT champion. What are we swallowing from Dynamite tonight? Well, you're the guest, man. You can start us off. I'm a I'm a big fan of the Danielson Moxley stuff. Like, I think that's a cool angle. I think the direction they're going with it. I think building up to Moxley Danielson will be a lot of fun. Um, I think that this whole <laughs> the bleed thing going back to the Indies, like. The thing you hear AEW talk a lot about is their long-term storytelling and how they'll they'll allow people to coexist from previous lives. You know, bringing up Ring of Honor stuff between Hangman and Omega, Omega and NJ, uh, New Japan stuff. Like they keep they they allow you to to live your previous life and show it. So I think this is a cool opportunity for these two to kind of talk about where they've come from to get here, go to war with each other, and then even if they don't split apart, this is going to be a dream match anyway. So I'm all about Moxley and Brian Danielson. Uh, I'm with you 100. I, I would a love to see, you know, one of those what are now becoming kind of, you don't see a lot of blood in WWE anymore, but you're seeing a lot over in AEW, uh, especially mm-hmm. in Hangman matches. I would love to see these two just go in there and beat the living dog shit out of each other and then come out on the other side the way Daniel Bryan proposed it as a team and maybe start working with these guys. But either way, I want to see that match. You know, if Mox finally gets the win, cool. If he doesn't, and that's why he decides to stick with Bryan until later when they, you know, do it again after this all breaks up and Mox finally gets the win then. And again, like you said, long, long term storytelling, like, However they go about it, I'm invested 100%. Um, speaking of invested, House of Black. Again, Undertaker, The Fiend, Malachi Black. These are the characters that I love. These are the things that I enjoy in my wrestling. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Buddy Matthews, uh, a.k.a. Buddy Murphy, coming in. Um, we've heard rumors that he was close to signing a contract with AEW. Um, he has a history with Malachi from WWE. All of these things. So, do they? Yeah. I'm trying to blank on anything Buddy Murphy, Buddy Matthews, like related to Malachi Black. I can't remember like stuff right now. Like, I like, it's like, it's, it's kind of like they like wipe my memory, like kind of like, like they did in No Way Home when they wiped the uh, Peter Parker memories. Everyone, I can't remember anything they did together. You don't remember any of like, part of the feud with Matt or Alistair and Ray and Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy and no it's pre it's, his pre point. his AEW signing but he was in the fucking promo video that Alistair Black shot in the insane asylum when he was getting out and his eye was all fucked up no, and, he man, refer, to- and he referred <laughs> to like wow wow Vince. I'm trying to blank on everything <laughs> 
he breaking just my heart. out like a whole section of the Thunderdome just didn't exist in him now. He's just <laughs> yeah. like, wait, well, what? A lot of the Thunderdome era, it's, it's like a blur to me right now. Um, but now to, to pick it back on what both you guys have said, like I, I'm loving the box and Brian, Brian Danielson stuff. I, I'm swallowing that. I can't swallow it enough. I'm curious to see if the match is going to be at Revolution because if it is, Revolution is looking to be one of the best wrestling shows of the years because it's starting to get stacked, especially if they even add, add Adam Cole versus Hangman and the Revolution uh, the Revolution ladder match. And then the Malachi Black is fantastic. The House of Black stuff is like peak A1 content down in AEW right now. And whether it's Buddy Matthews or someone else, they got me hooked. I'm intrigued. I'm interested to see who it's going to be. So I, I need to run this back by you. Uh, Buddy Murphy was losing. Seth Rollins, the Messiah, came up, took him under his wing. Remember, he was like sitting ringside, like pouting, uh-huh. and Seth came and got him. And then he was one of Seth's disciples. Austin Theory was also shortly a Seth disciple before they just ran him off TV because of his issues. Like that mm-hmm. was the whole thing that happened when Malachi had his eye taken out in the corner of the ring step. Seth made Buddy do it. Oh, like that whole thing. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. I'm starting to remember, like, because I remember Buddy was the the first the the disciple of Seth Rollins. I just don't remember him interacting with Alistair Black. Or yeah, because remember, I was all pissed off because they made Alistair Black Ray Mysterio's like sidekick. For a while, like he was like, "Oh, I uh, I've always been a big fan of Rey Mysterio, and he's like my mentor." And it's like, it doesn't I make remember, any fucking sense. I don't remember any of that shit, and I'm 100%. sure we covered it for weeks. He, and we covered it for weeks. Jesus. Uh, um, I'm swallowing oh Brian God. Danielson, and Lee Moriarty. Uh, that was a damn yeah, good match. Fantastic match. Uh, and like he said, then the whole uh, after effect with Mox. Um, I agree. So I. I'm a little divided, and I, I talked with Will, who will be back in a second, um, about this. I'm a little divided on the face of the Revolution ladder match because right now we have Wardlow, Keith Lee, and then we'll talk about it when we get to Rampage, but Will Hobbs qualifying for a ladder match. That is a lot of big, meaty men that I'd love to see slap meat, but not necessarily the three guys I would put in a ladder match. Well, I feel like they're... They're a little bit more versatile than your average big man. I feel like Keith Lee is. Keith Lee definitely is. And I feel like maybe Wardlow and Hobbs will be fine as long as how many slots is there? Six, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's three other slots to be filled. And maybe these are the meeting men portion of it. And then you'll, because you have to add some high flyers, or else what's the point of having these big guys if they don't have someone to toss around? So, which is funny because. I thought Dante Martin was like a perfect choice to be in this ladder match, right? Like yeah. that that's that's kind of like where my headspace is at. And I guess we'll, we'll see who are the final three competitors, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I is it really a four like like does it really matter who the other members are? Because I think it's a foregone conclusion that Keith Lee's gonna win this match. He better fucking win. Um I guess it depends on who they put in. Much Keith Lee winning as it was when they initially did the tournament, though, and it seemed like it was written for Cody to win that tournament. Because I feel like it could be somebody other than Keith Lee, though. Like when they did the initial TNT tournament, everybody knew it was Cody's belt to win. The way the bracket was set up, the build up against him and Dustin. Do you feel like it's that clean cut for Keith Lee now, though, as it was for Cody when it all started? Yeah, I uh, see. 
I don't. And here's why you also have to factor in the idea. And, and it was talked about and it was mentioned Wardlow. If Wardlow wins this ladder match, becomes the face of the revolution and gets a title shot. It is in his contract, supposedly, that if he wins a title, he he has to give that belt to Max. So if Wardlow wins this and then goes on and ends up becoming TNT champion or even AEW champion and then has to hand that belt over to Max per the contract, that's where we could finally see the breakup between Wardlow and uh, MJF. Because they're going to have to go somewhere after this dog collar match with CM Punk, which, again, Chicago... Love me some CM Punk. Going to swallow the references, <laughs> everything, the dog collar match, all these things. You know him talking about. I, I I'm looking at these matches. The Valentine, the Valentine easy. Easter egg. I love yeah. that. I'm like, will you be my Valentine? It's it's like, it's a double innuendo because it talks about like Valentine's Day just recently passing. Like Greg the Hammer Valentine. So like it, it's it's perfect. It's like it's very very well done. I thought it was it was great. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of dog collar matches. Like, leave the dog collars for the bedroom. And the, you know, I don't need to see them in the wrestling ring. But, you know. You got else? one there Maybe. by you, Vince? You, you got one you can show us? Not at the moment, unfortunately. Sorry to disappoint you, Matt. But uh, I, might maybe, maybe. Within, I might have one within arm's reach. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. But, no, I'm swallowing that. My other swallow is I want to swallow Andrade fucking shit up just because he can't. Because uh, I love that he just came in there and fucked up Darby Allen. I kind of wish he kind of just like laid waste to Sam, uh, Sammy Guevara as well and just said, fuck it. And he just finessed his titles too. So that was great. Um, I'm something Andrade because that man, come on, it's Andrade. He just came in and did what he wanted to do. Like that's who I want to see in the face of the, in the Revolution uh, ladder match. Maybe if it's not Keith Lee, give it to Andrade. Okay. Okay. Uh, we swallowed okay. anything else. I'm a I'm a big um, Sammy Guevara fan right now. I feel like the, the kid's doing good work. I feel like he's he's representing. I feel like the two belts thing's a little bit overused. Get rid of the the belt. You're an interim champ for one TV taping. Like move on. But I feel like coming out of his AAA run, going into AEW, he's kind of built his following. He's gotten over. So, like, right now, I'm a, I'm a big Sammy Guevara fan. Like, I'm getting behind what he's doing as TNT champ. I feel like he's he's had a good run as a mid-card champion. I, I mean, he's he's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. But if Adam Cole can get over, why not Sammy Guevara? Yeah. And a uh, nice little, uh, little segue here. That's my final swallow of uh, Dynamite is Adam Cole and Adam Page. I love me some Adams. They're both great wrestlers, great promos. This is the match I've been wanting to see for a while now. And if it does pay off at Revolution, I think it might lead to some bigger and better things. It might even, it, they're teasing maybe like a Bucks face turn here and a realigning with uh, with uh, Hangman Page, which would be interesting because then now you can get Hangman and Bucks versus, what, what, what did you call them, Matt? Undefined you, Direction. Undefined Direction. Oh, my God. What, what else would you we stand that? for? Uh, back when I believe Bobby or uh, Kyle O'Reilly showed up because they were, ah, they, it. it's UE, but you can't call them undisputed era. So until they give me something else, undefined, undefined direction. direction. Yeah. Oh my God. Why wasn't that, why was that not the title of that week's episode? Probably because you weren't here that episode when it happened. God damn it. That's what we're calling it this week. Undefined direction. Cause man, there was so many things to give we should, you. We should call this episode. 
botched spots and undefined erections. I yes. like that. I like that. Perfectly Sold. perfect. It's it's perfect. Sold. There you go. Um, Make it happen. What what, are, what else are you guys swallowing? Uh, I'm done with the swallows. Uh, I'm going to start the spits off uh, specifically from the match that you guys both just swallowed. I'm spitting the fact that uh, Darby Allen, who has thrown himself down a flight of stairs and done all this insane shit, was knocked unconscious by an iPad. Um, and also, I'm spitting the two belts. Uh, the match was great. Again, Sammy is out there killing it, uh, but you need to, like, just... You, there's no reason to have two belts. So specifically just him walking around with two belts when he's no longer in him champion, he is just a champion. I'm spitting that. Um, other than that, I mean, I didn't give a shit about Jericho. Like I'm happy the inner circle broke up. I'm happy proud and powerful got the win. I just don't give a shit about Chris Jericho at this point. Um, I see that he's kind of turning heel and that's where they're going. I was annoyed as shit by his whole presence on commentary on rampage. I just, this whole thing, like, I don't care about Chris Jericho anymore uh, in AEW and the things that he is doing. Like, I'm happy to see Proud and Powerful away from this, and I want to see them do great things and succeed, and I think them mm-hmm. and Eddie is going to be fantastic and fun and something oh, great yeah. for the future. Um, also, Chris Jericho, because, uh, again, I, I went back and was watching the last uh, season of Tough Enough, told Shotzi Blackheart, who is, you know, love me some Shotzi Blackheart, uh, that he didn't think she had what it took to be a WWE superstar. So fuck you, Chris Jericho. Uh, she made it anyway. Yeah. So no, that's that's. I think that might be my only spit of dynamite is Chris Jericho's presence. Because <laughs> honestly, I don't care about the inner circle breaking up. I just honestly, all I care about is Sammy be thriving as a single star and proud and powerful, like separating and distancing themselves from Jericho and aligning with eddie kingston and hopefully fingers crossed maybe they can call themselves lax and bring the lax theme song back into AEW. because oh my gosh you know if they do that he is just going to go get homicide and hernandez and then it's going to be jericho homicide and hernandez versus kingston no 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 no. they they, they did that on impact already but if you're going to bring in homicide and hernandez bring diamante bring everybody and just make like the biggest lax super faction that there is give me that give me what i want i just want super lax that's what I want. That's what I want. Uh, you were there live, Will. You got any spits? Um, I'm pretty much agreeing with you, Matt. I'm pretty much over anything Chris Jericho's doing right now. I feel like for the most part, he's at the point of his career where he needs to ride off into the twilight and accept the fact that he's one of the, the greatest superstars of a generation that came out when he did, you know, when he came through, what he did change the game, first undisputed champion, all the all the boxes he checks throughout his career. Why is he not ready to ride into the sunset and take a role as a coach or a producer or to help develop these younger guys versus trying to like, like shoehorn his way into storylines to be on TV when there's so many other people that deserve that time. So pretty much anything right now. And I'm a Jericho fan. I'm a Jericho guy. One of the greatest IC champions of all time, charisma for days. But at this point in his career, why are we getting so much Chris Jericho? Yeah, because in Jericho's mind, and he said this, he thinks that he is the undertaker of the AEW locker room. Yeah, <laughs> he's that like is, the veteran. That is that a direct he's... quote. He feels like he is the 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 equivalent to the undertaker in the AEW locker room as far as a locker room leader and the guy that everyone looks to. And he I, he 
he he said that he's not making an apples to apples comparison, but I kind of feel like in his mind, Jericho does see himself as AEW's Undertaker, as far as he importance. Does. He thinks he's the he's that big. Like, didn't he say like he's like that Hulk Hogan of AEW that he gives him that credibility, that big star, that big name attraction? And look, man, he's a big name. He's cool. Like, he's good, but. He's not on that level. He's not. He's just not on the level. Like CM Punk's more on that level. Brian Danielson's right now more on that level. But I don't know. Um, like you guys said, uh, I'm just a little done with uh, Chris Jericho right now. And don't be surprised to see if in a year or two he joins Cody Rhodes in WWE because all roads all roads lead back to Vince McMahon and the Feds. So that's that's probably what's going to happen for Jericho. Yeah. AW. AW Dynamite overall, spit or swallow? Swallow, 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 swallow. Swallow. Yep. All right, where are we going next? Rampage, NXT, SmackDown, or Raw? You want to switch over to Connecticut and do NXT? Vengeance Day? Yeah, let's do Vengeance Day. All right, so we kick it off with the poorly named weaponized steel cage match that my co-host decided he was going to spoil for me in the chat after I said, oh, I didn't get to see it. So he's like, oh, Pete Dunn won. And I'm like, motherfucker, I said I was going to watch it when I got home. Why would you do that? In my defense, Matt, nine times out of ten, you keep up with what happens on Twitter, and then you rewatch it anyways. I don't know. In my head, I thought you were keeping up with what was happening. You know I love me some Tony D. I was trying to enjoy me some Tony D, Pete Dunn, beating the shit out of each other with crowbars and weapons attached to the side of a steel cage uninterrupted and there you are with just oh yeah pete dunn won so that then going into it it just didn't have the magic you know because i really thought i really thought tony d might go over like he's kind of getting that push i love tony d i thought he was going to um, go ahead. We, all, sure we, them. <laughs> we had the women's tag team title match toxic attraction versus indian persia uh, a little brawl before the bell Toxic Attraction retains because they are fantastic. And as I said, I could watch Gigi Dolan wrestle every night of the week. Uh, give me more Gigi. Uh, Wendy Chu needs a Dusty partner. She asked Samari Miller, but she's like, listen, if you'd asked me a couple weeks earlier, possibly, but I already got one. So then she's like, fuck it, and asked Dakota Kai. Well, Dakota Kai is having a conversation with her imaginary friend off to the side. Um, and as Dakota is debating with what I'm going to consider the ghost of Tegan Knox, uh, whether or not she should be Wendy Chu's partner, uh, Wendy says, all right, well, just get back to me. Uh, Aussie Paul, Grayson Waller shows up with the cops, says he's going to get LA night or, uh, LA night arrested tonight. We got a promo with Brooks and Dunn at the bar. Uh, Brooks finds out he got friend zoned, uh, and it's completely obvious, but he doesn't realize it. A lot of people get in friend zone in WWE lately. It's like Vince just realized what friend zone was. He's like, let's put that on TV, put it, put it on raw in the 24 seven title picture. And then we'll put it on NXT with those country fucks. Like do that. Um, we got an LA night promo. He comes out. Waller brings out the cops, shows the cops, the video of night assaulting him and violating the restraining order. And it's like, listen, I'm not a lawyer, but I read this and clearly it says right here that you are also not allowed to hit me. It goes both ways and shows the cops, the video of Waller attacking him. And then Waller's like, wait, 
in Australia, it's only one way. Are you telling me it's not, it's not the same. The laws aren't the same in America as they are Australia. No, no, the fuck they're not. And then the (laughs) cops are leaving. He's like, I tripped. I fell. I didn't mean to my bad. Um, Knight then stomps a mud hole in Waller. Sanga tries to make the save, but Knight knocks him off the apron and then throws Aussie Paul out of the ring onto Sanga. Um, and we're going to get to finally see L.A. Knight whoop Aussie Paul's ass, uh, which is all we really want, right? Like uh, Persia tries to rally Indy after the loss, and as she's consoling her, Dexter shows up, and all of a sudden Indy's happy, and she's like, all right, well, we'll talk about it later. Bye. And Persia is not happy. In comes Duke Hudson, who swoops up Persia because this is NXT 2.0, ladies and gentlemen. And as we say, everyone's trying to fuck. And we are going to talk more about that in a minute. Uh, we got the North American title match. Banger of a match between Cameron Grimes and uh, Carmelo Hayes. Car- Melo don't miss. He retains. Uh, Dusty Cup. Oh, thank God. The Creed's got the win, ladies and gentlemen. Put respect on the name. The Creed's, they are no longer the Crudes. It is diamond mine forever. Diamonds are forever. Just as Chicago's own Kanye West, he will tell you. MSK not winning. Matt Shitty Kids not pulling a twofer. And I couldn't be happier. Uh, Nikita Koloff has her promo. She does a little dance. That was fun. Uh, so she can twerk. She can fight. She cannot rap. Um, and yes, I call her Nikita Koloff. Imperium promo. They're here to take over. Walter wants the title. Uh, Solo Sokoa shows up, says, listen, I'm going to treat this like prison. I'm taking out the biggest, baddest guy in the yard, and that's you, Walter. So uh, I am all for that. Like, that is something I want to see. I would love to see the Usos come down uh, and do a little uh, something there where it's the three brothers versus Walter and then the rest of Imperium. That could be fun. Uh, He also says he's going to make Gunther his bitch. So, like, again, all for it. We got a Dolph Ziggler interview. He says uh, Ciampa is basically only famous in Florida. And uh, next week he's going to invade Ciampa's home and beat Ciampa. Uh, Then we got our main event, Braun defeating Santos Escobar. During the match, Dolph Ziggler comes out, super kicks Braun Breaker. Braun still gets the win, though, and retains, which I know Vince is sad about. But again, it's his first title defense. and You really couldn't expect anything less. Uh, What are we swallowing from NXT? 2.0 tonight i want to start off by saying i want to swallow that whole vengeance day introduction with toxic attraction oh you froze uh no they did a whole oh there you go now you're back yeah yeah um am i still good can you hear me yeah no you're good now Uh, okay cool uh specifically the part where they're talking about like oh like they're doing a weaponized cage cage match and Gigi Dolan's like weapons inside a cage sounds like a mic it sounds like a fun night love that swallowing all of that mm-hmm. the, the, the entire interaction is fantastic no it was it was a really really fun intro the text conversation back and forth between the three members of toxic attraction again it's nxt everyone's trying to fuck there's a little bit of thirst in there with carmelo and trick and uh Gigi saying that Cameron Grimes is kind of her her kind of guy and them being like ew and that whole thing uh fun as shit I enjoyed the shit mm-hmm. out of that uh I am swallowing toxic attraction getting the win uh I Same. I'm intrigued about the Dexter indie Duke Hudson Persia story and where that's going to go cuz I really don't think Persia needs indie I think indie actually no. needs Persia more than Persia needs indie 
Um, so them losing and that going forward, I'm interested in, but also love seeing toxic attraction, get the win. And I think, you know, as I said, I'm going to talk about it, but, uh, we only really need one pair of women's tag team titles. And I think they're on the right women's tag team in WWE seeing as there isn't really one on the main roster. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, quickly, uh, despite the, the loss, I want to swallow Santos Escobar coming out with, the. Uh, LWO inspired theme Titantron, him coming out with the Serape, him coming out with the Eddie Guerrero, like cosplay types, swallow, 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 a million times swallow, when they gargle it, re swallow it, and swallow it again the third time. Loved it. I've got two. Loved it. Um, big on Toxic Attraction. Matt and you and I were talking about it. Mandy Rose going back to NXT, nothing but success since she got back down there. Toxic, toxic attraction as a whole carrying the gold for 2.0 is there a good stable that's getting over it's very beautiful people ish from impact wrestling it kind of gives you that same feel a little bit of thirst a little bit of hot but they can all still work they all mm -hmm. do well in the ring um so i'm big on that i'm also swallowing right now anything that has to do with Braun breaker uh we talked about him earlier we'll talk about him now i feel like he's he's got what it takes um, I want to see him develop a little bit more on the stick, let him talk some, let him start developing more of that, that side of it. I don't want to see him get buckled down to needing a mouthpiece, but I think that he could do it on his own if he had a chance to. And agreeing with you, Vince, Escobar's a, he's a, he's a champ in the making only so long before he's going to explode kiss. either for WWE or somebody else when they realize what he is. And you know? I mean, if Scott Steiner could get over doing Steiner promos, then Braun can get over doing Steiner promos. Like, definitely. I just don't want Braun to be reduced to baby, uh, baby Steiner. I want him to be like create his own niche. Like, yeah, call back to it when it pertains to it, but not necessarily just be that. You know, I don't. Well, I, I want him to like expand his horizon. I think that's WWE's goal, which is why they gave him that shitty name instead of calling him Rex Steiner, like. Which Rex get, Steiner, by the way, just such a cool name. But if you do that, then it's doing exactly what you just said, and it's falling and mm -hmm. leaning heavily into the I'm a Steiner thing and him being mm -hmm. baby Steiner, whereas he sounds like a Steiner, he looks like a Steiner, he works like a Steiner, but he doesn't have the Steiner last name. So I think they're trying to pull him away from that. It's the that. Curtis Axel effect. It's the Curtis Axel effect. Uh, yeah. Just hopefully they... They, like they still want to pay homage to it a little bit, like call back to it without outright saying it and settling them with the last name. But I'm all for it. I'm cool with it. Like I said, we'll talk about it in the spits. Like I don't have to like the result because of personal bias, but Braun Breaker continuing to grow. This is probably my favorite Braun Breaker match. And he had really good matches with Tomas Champa, but this is probably my favorite one. It had me in suspense because yes, even though it was his first title defense, it's 2.0. You never know. Like WWE might be like, I like Braun Breaker. Call him up right now uh, and True. call him up too soon and give the title to Santos Escobar, especially after Dolph Ziggler showed up and super kicked him. I'm like, damn, there's a chance. There's yeah. a chance. Um, yeah, I'm, was, also I'm also swallowing that North American title match. I wasn't, I know a lot. Of, I knew it was going to be a good match. Like both guys are fucking fantastic. I knew it was going to be a good match. I was not feeling Cameron Grimes in the build of this. I told you the whole SpongeBob thing didn't do it for me. Those references, I, I I was not feeling it. So I wasn't as hyped as I could have been for this match. But when they went in there and they did their thing, they did a damn good job. Um, 
Weaponized steel cage match. Swallowing that. I I could get behind it. I'm not a big fan on overly gimmicked matches. Why put a hat on a hat in a lot of ways? If you're gonna have a steel cage match, let the let the boys do a good steel cage match. If you want to have a weapon street fight, let them do a weapon street fight. This screamed uh what was it the ecw elimination chamber like extreme elimination <laughs> chamber whatever it yeah. was it's just yeah like a hat on a hat I, I don't really the two guys could have had a great match they could have had a great cage match or they had, could have had a great street fight i don't feel like no, we should have blended been. yeah no, i, I don't feel like been. they should have blended multiple concepts together i agree with you Will. i felt like I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to like lock them up because the few had gotten so intense, but they were also wanted to include the weapons to make it a little bit more extra brutal because a lot of it was like weapon incorporated in their feud. I counter and say, you put them in the fight pit. That's what they should have been. It should have been the, the, the next fight pit match and it would have been perfect. And they should bring back that match and they could just put the weapons on the top of the fight pit or something. I don't know. Just like you can throw in weapons, like make it like a part of the fight pit. You can come in with your own weapons, just like a hardcore match back in the day in WWF, where you come in with like your own trash can or, or like grocery cart filled with weapons. Do that. Or because Tony D is a mafioso, you could have had somebody come ringside and slide a crowbar, slide some things into the fight pit for him to use and mm-hmm. let Pete Dunn get his hands on him or step on him and stop him and done that and have like somebody, one of his, uh, one of his capos, one of his soldiers helping Tony D'Angelo uh, try and get that win by offering him some assistance with the weapons. I really hope that the fight pit is not something that died with uh, the black and gold, because I did think that was a really cool concept and fun. Uh, now I, I don't, is Timothy Thatcher still employed by WWE? They no, he him? got released. He got okay. released uh, along with, I think, only Larkin and uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy, Danny Birch, uh, along, along with them. It was like with, the last round of releases along with Joe. Yeah. With Thatcher gone, with uh, the cartoon character that is the MMA fighter that is Matt Riddle up on the main roster, I don't necessarily know that you're going to see uh, with those i mean it, it would work for maybe like diamond mine but i don't know that we're necessarily going to see that uh at least not in the way we were seeing triple h present it uh because they're mm-hmm. not really hiring or utilizing those kind of guys or that kind of aesthetic right now so um definitely i'm also swallowing the ghost of tegan knox chilling with uh dakota kai backstage like Mm-mm. um that's one of my spits is i'm spitting whatever the fuck they're doing with dakota kai like what what is her gimmick what is she doing like just she's crazy crazy listen no crazy anytime wwe doesn't know what to do with a woman uh they make her crazy look at victoria look at mickey james uh it worked for alexa in my opinion um nikki cross uh when they when they start running out of ideas they just all right well you're default crazy and figure out what crazy is for you and dakota kai is losing her mind she's insulting saray she's talking to ghosts uh, but I, I enjoy Wendy Cho. I think that Dakota Kai and Wendy Cho with these characters would be a really fun tag team going into the win- women's Dusty Cup. So it'd be an interesting mixed match uh, team. I will give you that. But I just I don't know. I, I don't like to be defaulting to. Oh, we don't know what to do with you. What crazy women wrestler? That's who you are. Like, eh, I don't like it. 
I'm definitely swallowing the fact that Matt Shitty Kids didn't win the Dusty Cup. Did I mention that? Did we talk about that? Did, did I swallow that go yet? Ahead. Go, yeah. go ahead. Swallow. Uh, <laughs> they may not have the charisma. They may not have cool ring attire, uh, but they do have a solid amateur background and my support behind them. They are now my new favorite tag team in NXT because they defeated Matt Shitty Kids uh, and won the Dusty Cup. So all respect to Diamond Mine and the Creeds, uh, Julius and Brutus. Uh, it was a damn good match. I, I will give them that. It was a damn good match. Mm-hmm. I think the right team won. I am much more excited to see the Creeds versus Imperium than I would have been match shitty kids versus Imperium. Um, Which would have still been a really good match because despite uh, what you think of uh, match shitty kids or MSK, they put on really good matches still. I, I humbly disagree there, Vince. Um, I think MSK <laughs> is... I have a, a long-standing hatred with modern tag team wrestling, so I'm going to try to avoid going off completely off topic completely. And I feel like For MSK sure. is one of the teams that are most guilty of this. It's almost like tag team rules don't apply when they have matches. They kind of do what they want, how they want, when they want. They do their spots. They do their things. They're they're very much like an inexperienced young bucks in the WWE. I feel like all of their matches kind of look the same to me. They kind of do the, it's, I just can't get behind MSK. They were cool okay. at first. And then the, the flair wore off. They were definitely like, the, I got tired of them quick. I get that. And I can see that perspective because it's a, it's a critique of them and even like Titans, like the books and even Lucha Bros in, the, in AEW where it's like the Titan rules do not apply to them. Um, yeah, I can see, I, I see your point. Totally valid. I will say I'm coming at this very biased because I've been a fan of them since they were the Rascals. And I like every single member of them, in, 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 including Trey Miguel. And I hope at some point we do Are get you Trey the Miguel. Best member? Trey Miguel's a beast. I, I can get behind Trey Miguel for sure. And, but and here's the thing. I, I feel like the thing with MSK that really like clicked outside of WWE is that their whole treehouse gimmick where they would do promos and they would do like a basically uh that 70s show like circle, which was like which like crucial and integral to their characters. And they're better as heels. They're just better as heels. And babyface MSK is just not gonna click in the beat. They need to turn heel. And then they paired him up with Matt Riddle and then they got on my shit list because that is my arch enemy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you know, we understand. They will which, always be mad which, shitty kids I went back and I saw the first episode we collaborated on, which was like March Madness a podcast that I did on SmackDown with you. And even though you didn't like Matt Riddle, you were saying nice things about him and you voted for him to advance in that March Madness tournament. I did. You know why? why? Because he wasn't the, there were, I did not like him because of his last name, but there were aspects of NXT Matt Riddle in his presentation, despite the fact that he doesn't wear shoes and it disgusts me uh, that were enjoyable. And then he came up to the main roster and they amplified all of the negative and they took away all of the positive. And now he is a parody of himself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which is a parody of what I've had. It's a critique that I've had of Matt Riddle once, once he got called up to main roster, but it's fair. It's fair. But yeah, just thought I threw that throw that little Easter egg out there for people. You are hundred. I, I, I will not deny that. I I did say nice things about him during his NXT run, despite the fact that I hate that we have damn near the same name, 
and people mistake us for each other on Twitter all the time, and it drives me insane because he is now a parody right of that character. Castrated at some point because of the yes. similarities in your last names. Uh, um, yeah. Speaking of castrated, uh, LA Knight. I'm also like, honestly, I don't think there's anything from Vengeance Day I'm spitting. I know you don't like that Escobar lost, and I know you were spitting uh, Dakota Kai's character, but for me, I think Vengeance Day hit on all cylinders. Like, I don't think there's really mm-hmm. anything I'm spitting from the show. Well, Will, are you spitting anything? No, other than uh, the little, I like that the Creed brothers went over on MSK and just kind of a little bit of uh, vitriol for MSK as a, a whole. Like, other than that, I feel like it was a good show. Uh, no, it was, uh, it's probably one of the, my favorite show of the week, a little spoiler for the end of the podcast. But other than personal spits, like Dakota Kai, I love her. I think she could be a top character like top figure in the women's division on any brand her just being relegated to crazy woman wrestler i don't like uh msk losing which you know they're just my favorite tag team on nxt one of my favorite tag teams on nxt and then obviously escobar losing these are just personal biases does not mean that i'm spitting them because i i don't like what they were doing like everything was great all the matches were good all the character build up was really good solid all-around show a plus plus so we're all swallowing nxt yeah, yeah, next sure. Yeah. All right. Where are we going next? Raw, SmackDown, or Rampage? Vince, you got to pick. No, it's you. Uh, Do I pick every time? Guys yep. Okay. Uh, let's go SmackDown. Yeah. Vince, Sounds good. Vince picks when no one else is here. So I don't let Vince pick when we have guests. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Let's go SmackDown then. <laughs> uh, we kick it off with the Charlotte, Ronda, Sonia, Naomi contract signing. Uh, this was pre taped last week uh a lot of fucking fluff in this show ronda calls sonia a bitch ronda and naomi are out there seemingly having a good time uh sonia and charlotte are just generally annoyed with their presence uh we find out that there's a stipulation because ronda said she could beat sonia with one arm tied behind her back so that's exactly what the stipulation for the tag match is going to be is ronda has to compete with one arm tied behind her back and then uh ronda goes to give charlotte a uh face slam on the table that Charlotte doesn't sell because Charlotte doesn't sell. That's just Charlotte's thing. She, she doesn't sell for anyone anymore. Um, Naomi kicks Sonya. They flip the table on her. Everyone cheers. Um, Sheamus and Ridge Hollander and gorilla. Sheamus is annoyed by Ridge losing to ricochet last week. And he's like, are you even fucking learning anything from hanging out with me? I thought you said you were a fan. I'm going to go out there and teach you a lesson tonight. So he goes out, has a match with Ricochet. Ricochet gets the win because Ridge gets on the apron and distracts Sheamus, and then Sheamus is fucking pissed at Ridge and puts him on his ass. So things are not going good for the uh, Sheamus-Ridge bromance. We have one of the coolest tributes I've seen in a very long time to the one, the only, the GOAT, The Undertaker, uh, who is getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Really long package, but well-deserved, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. Ivar defeats Jey Uso via DQ. Uh, Jimmy hits Ivar with a super kick and then eric comes in and lays him out with the helmet that they stole back yeah uh, we got a mcintyre promo mcintyre rambles on about how he's going to murder people and all of the different ways he can murder people he's even got a hashtag where you can talk about the ways you want to see drew mcintyre murder people uh, moss comes out and corbin and like hey that's not cool that's mean that's bullying moss tells a bad joke and then mcintyre threatens to murder him again um Sammy defeats Shinsuke Nakamura for the IC title with a kick to the knee, which really, really surprised me that that was the finish of the match. 
Uh, we got Aaliyah flirting with Ricochet backstage because apparently everyone's trying to fuck carries over to SmackDown when you used to be on NXT when that happened. And then uh, Roman and Goldberg face to face happened. Sure. Are we swallowing anything from this? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, you got anything? Um, I think the the two hours of SmackDown. Thank goodness they were pre-taped and nobody really had to struggle through that live. Um, I have seen the steady decline of SmackDown as a whole over the last few weeks and months. Everybody usually dogged on Raw for being the, the lesser of the two products, and I feel like SmackDown is definitely slowly letting Raw regain uh, regain the lead. Overall, nothing on this show it, it took me over the edge. The IC title has become irrelevant more so ever than its entire history. Nakamura had one of the most like useless, irrelevant title reigns that the title has ever seen. title reigns. Yeah, he's defended the title two times in 12 months. Sami Zayn gets the title back after completely forgetting he had the title to begin with in the, the Thunderdome game, uh, days. Ricochet over Sheamus. I feel like this is a Sheamus Ridge Holland buildup to be a mid-card on day one of WrestleMania anyways. Like, mm-hmm. I just, overall, it's just kind of, uh, it just made me feel kind of yucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> yucky. Uh, that's, a, that's a great way to describe the show. Uh, to, to like, talk about, like, your, the slow decline of SmackDown and letting Raw regain it, I think it has to do with the draft. They remember, like, the prior to draft, everyone was saying that, oh, SmackDown has X, Y, and Z, Raw has very little people. And I make the, the observation that, a lot of SmackDown's mid-card, if not all of it, went to Raw. A Seth Rollins, a Kevin Owens, uh, at Edge. You saw uh, Rey Mysterio. All those guys that were feuding or could feud with Roman Reigns, they went over to to Raw. And that's where I feel like that really hurt SmackDown is that they have no mid-card, no undercard. Us Like, if you're not the Roman Reigns program, there's nothing else going on. And that's why he, they're doing something with Brock Lesnar because there's literally no one on SmackDown that's on that level. And then now they move over Big E back, uh, back to SmackDown, but he's just relegated to tag team wrestler like he used to be. He's completely out of that title picture. He's completely out of the upper mid card. And that I think that all has to do with them never being able to like evenly balance the shows because Raw needs three hours and SmackDown is like the, the, the show they focus on the most. Like they're never able to do. They either overstack Raw or SmackDown, and they never get it right. And they fucked up SmackDown this year's draft, and they're gonna continue to do so. Like next year, SmackDown's gonna be stacked, and Raw's gonna be relegated to trash. Do you think it's a little bit of a network competition where yes. USA looks at Fox and says, "Oh, they've got all these people," so then at the next year, WWE's like, "All right, well, we'll give you all these people." And now this year, Fox is gonna be like, "Well, hey, Raw's got all these people, and so next year, SmackDown's gonna be stacked." That's exactly why Ronda's on SmackDown instead of the obvious Becky Lynch uh, singles match that we should have got. Despite me not being a fan of Ronda or a fan of this current iteration of Becky Lynch, the easy, clear-cut, like story-driven match that should have been made for WrestleMania was Becky Lynch versus uh, Ronda Rousey and have Bianca challenge Charlotte Flair for the women's title. Is you watch? Have you watched any of Elimination Chamber today? No, I have I haven't, but I do know that she won and challenging Becky. So like that's why I was saying like just flip the challengers. I think that made more storyline sense. 
And then later on at Survivor Series, you can do uh, Bianca versus Becky, uh, champion versus champion. Um, well, I didn't want to give you any spoilers. Uh, oh. Though, do you care about the women's tag team match? Uh, I, honestly, I don't care, but I wasn't going to plan on watching uh, Crown Jewel uh, or Elimination Chamber. I haven't watched a Saudi Crown show Jewel. since the greatest world. <laughs> <Royal Rumble. laughs> That's uh, what they usually call it. I thought it was Crown Jewel. Um, no, uh, well, just, yeah, go ahead, man. I was going to say, seeing as it sounds like we're just going to unanimously spit SmackDown as a whole outside of, I mean, I'll swallow the Undertaker promo package, and I'm actually mm-hmm. going to swallow Sami Zayn winning the Intercontinental title because yeah, I too. feel like with Sami holding the belt, there's a chance that it gets some of that relevancy back after we get past what I can almost guarantee is going to be Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania for the IC title. Um, stop stop if you will that into existence no no pun intended will uh i will be pissed at you if you would I do somehow not get johnny not no, no i'm please. telling you right stop. now it's probably going to happen no, <clears throat> but uh, i don't want to see that after I that have we... one thing that i will swallow from smackdown and matt it came up earlier on twitter right as elimination chamber came on the air and i am full-fledged ready to go to bat for what i'm about to say I think Ronda Rousey is not the right pick for WrestleMania. I think Naomi is long overdue for a push. I feel like she's a better worker. She's a better talker. She's got the the charisma behind it. She's from a historic rich wrestling family, titles, championships. And you put that into account. Okay, Ronda had everything outside of the WWE. I think that the issue is, is you take away the judo and you take away the MMA stuff and you take away everything that she was outside of the WWE as a wrestling persona, Naomi deserves the push over Rousey right now. She only came back to sell seats, to sell tickets, to put butts in chairs. I've never seen a bigger flash in the pan than I've seen outside of Notre Dame in the college football playoff, but they still put up a better fight than Ronda Rousey did when she was exposed in the UFC. Like, that's all I'm saying. Well, I'll add to your point in saying that, like, yes, I was talking about Bianca, but that also, like, let's say you do Ronda win the Rumble, fine, whatever, that's what you want to do. Do that with Becky Lynch, that makes the most sense. And Matt was talking about it on the go-home show, two World Rumble is, you had, like, obviously Naomi could have won the Rumble, but you could have had her be in this elimination chamber, make that Sonya Deville storyline actually lead somewhere and have Sonya have her jump through hoops that eventually pays off with Charlotte Flair being dethroned by Naomi, her winning the title. She's like the only baby face, like the only woman's wrestler on SmackDown currently that's been given a story. Like she's the only one that's been built up and doing something with. And it it would have been perfect to culminate with that. Like, it's literally Daniel Bryan authority, uh, Stone Cold, Vince McMahon stuff right there. It's perfect. That's the heel champion. Uh, Charlotte's just kind of like the the final mission, the final boss battle for Naomi to finally go over and become women's champion. It's perfect. I agree. Perfect. All right. So we're all spitting SmackDown. Yes. For sure. All right. Uh, Raw or Rampage? Let's go Rampage. Rampage. Uh, we kick it off. Adam Cole defeats the newly born monster that is 10. Uh, Cole ends up sneaking in a little blow to help him get the win while 10 has him in the full Nelson. Uh, Dante Martin loses to powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs jumps Martin before the bell and then now with the win joins Wardlow and Keith Lee in the face of the revolution ladder match. Uh, we got an interview with Jade who's next. Looks like it's the HFO's bunny. That should be a good match. Um, Deeb's rookie challenge because I'm not saying that whole long ass title she came out of it. She defeats Angelica Risk, 
And then in our main event, Trent loses to Jay White, and then Jay aggressively sticks his cock in OC's face uh, over Trent's limp body uh, and then leaves after the match. What are we swallowing from Rampage? Jay White being Jay White. Uh, Jay White being in AW both felt right and weird at the same time. And you froze again. Uh, uh, I'll yeah, go yeah. Why he's why where he's coming back? I'll kind of, oh, there he is. <laughs> Your Wi-Fi is way worse. Like, it, do you have like sex toys or something connected to the Wi-Fi? You can disconnect or what, what's going on over there? No, no, no. Well, like usually when I'm recording at home, it's just myself. I'm at my girl's place, and the Wi-Fi box is downstairs. So that's why the all I hear are excuses, really, Matt. That's all I hear from him. Just excuses. <laughs> it's normal. I mean, you see, he keeps turning his camera off and going away. I think she's like unboxing stuff and showing it to him. I don't know. What's no, going well, on there. if you must know, honestly, she she made chilaquiles for me, and I didn't want to like be eating on camera. So I, every time I take a bite, I like mute, like I mute my video so I can take a bite and not look rude. Listen, this is this is Pornhub. We are transparent here. All right. I was going to say something tells me Pornhub's not going to be upset about chilaquiles. I have a feeling like that's going to be well within their like terms and guidelines. <laughs> Unless they're anti like chicken chilaquiles and they're because uh, I had red chilaquiles. They might be more on the green chilaquiles bandwagon. So like it could start a rivalry there. We don't know. So anyway, Jay White being Jay White, then you froze. <laughs> Jay White being Jay White. I think uh, him being an AW both feels fitting yet odd at the same time. And I can't wait to see him actually transition fully to AEW and be more of a permanent role. Yeah, I know we saw Kenta in uh, AEW and we also saw, um, why am I drawing a blank on this guy's name? Oh. Uh, Minoru, Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki? Yeah. Murder Grandpa. Suzuki. Murder Grandpa. He felt like he fit in. I want to see more interaction with New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's the Forbidden Door stuff I really want to see. And Jay White, leader Bullet Club. I don't know. Give me Bullet Club versus the Elite. Like we were supposed to get that in New Japan Is he Pro Wrestling. Still the leader of the Bullet Club? Because he's not with New know, Japan that's... anymore. I think he still is. I don't fucking know. Like he said, he was the leader of Bullet Club in his like promo on Dynamite. He is technically the leader of Bullet Club. But they're the messiest stable right now in professional wrestling because they have two or three subgroups inside of them, inside mm -hmm. with Evil Side. And then you look at like Chase Owens and what those guys are doing. Like Bullet Club is the most dysfunctional stable in professional wrestling. So I could be the leader of, I could be the leader of Bullet Club right now, and nobody would know. <laughs> and you might be well, you might be. And if you are, I'm gonna need you to like get, get get the bullet club shit together, man. Like put it in the box, take it somewhere, and get their shit together, man. Someone needs to organize this. Well, as as everyone that listens to the show knows, I I refer to anything that happens in New Japan as fan fiction, and I always say I don't read fan fiction, so I don't really know what goes on unless people tell me <laughs> or it comes up. Uh, but that is that is definitely something I think we could write into the fan fiction is Will Gray, leader of Bullet Club, uh fixing the issues that we have in the continuity of the bullet club. Um, I'm just learning. Like I said, I, I never really seen much from Jay white. I'm just learning about him. I know he uh, does Bray Wyatt's finisher um, and says that he got it from Alex Shelley, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call it Bray Wyatt's finisher. Uh, I Who prefer knows? the sister Abigail, but I, I enjoyed it. I really liked how cocky, like I said, 
you had Orange Cassidy leaning over Trent, and dude just came up and just shoved his cock right in his face, just like, hey, <laughs> that's him. That's him. It grew on me, so I'll give him that. Um, I'm also gonna swallow. I, I'm gonna swallow Hobbs versus Martin. It was fun. I like I said, I'm I'm not sold on having three guys this size in a ladder match. We have to see who the other three are. Like if they put Lance Archer and Ten and I don't even know if uh, Luchasaurus, like it's not going to be a good ladder match, but you know, if we get some smaller guys, some guys are going to be able to do some of the spots, you know, get tossed around. Okay. I just, I think we're overloading with big meaty men at this point, which normally I don't complain about, but in a ladder match, right. Uh, we'll see. I feel like Keith is the exception to the, like, yeah, you can make a case for Will Hobbs and Wardlow. Like, can they do something interesting? I feel like Will Hobbs is like, very athletic in his own right and might be able to do some flippy shit in there as well uh i think andrade is a good name to add there maybe a jay white gets added as well who knows maybe an orange cassidy can be the guy that gets tossed around like there's still people dan house put dan house in this motherfucker yes have him curse everyone except keith lee so keith lee can win i want want keith lee to be climbing the ladder as dan house is protecting him and just cursing everyone that's what i want to see that's what he if it's anything do. but that, I think Tony Khan's insane at this point. Yeah. That's just, he that's doesn't deserve needs he, to go down. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't do that, he does not deserve to be a best booker promoter two years in a row by the Wrestling Observer <laughs> newsletter can awards you, or whatever. Can you imagine if Dan Housen and OC were a tag team and the whole premise of the tag team was OC did his low energy shit, but Dan Housen cursed the guys. So it actually affected them as if he was really hitting them. So the kicks in the ankle like break their legs and stuff. Yeah, out like of they they he just does his low energy kick, but then they fall because they were cursed by Dan House. Like that would be yep. fantastic. Like people would hate it, but I would love it so much. But I feel but like we, that's the same. That's the same like feel you'd get if you were watching like a show that was cheesy for the sake of being cheesy. Like if you yes. see it, you appreciate it. You're like, I love it because they know they're being cheesy. Like obviously, this isn't. I'm going to be an Alexa bliss throwing lighting rigs at Randy Orton. This is obviously going to be fun for fun's sake. So I think that would right. be genius. I think it would get Man. over with the fans. Everybody would love it. Like sell that. We, we should, we should do like a side spinoff show where we just fantasy book shit. That's ridiculous for the sake of ridiculousness <laughs> <laughs> and just like bring Will on here and just like fantasy book that shit. Cause like that, then hells and stuff and the orange casket stuff. That's gold, man. That's comedy gold, but that's comedy gold right there. We'll Absolutely. get best promoter and booker of the year by wrestling <laughs> observer newsletter. If we do stuff like that. Uh, are we swallowing anything else from rampage? Uh, Jay White's about the only thing I saw. Adam Cole looked good against ten, but it's eh. ten. Yeah, I can't. I, really I can't get behind anything Dark Order. Like they had me for a very brief second, like right before they brought in Brody Lee, and then they kind of changed the dynamic when they were doing the cult thing and they were running the promos and they were. They had me there. I'm like, all right. I didn't like these guys when they showed up because I didn't know who they were i wasn't familiar what were they the super smash bros or something like that before they came uh, in something like that they were like I, numero uno numero those like player yeah. one player player no player those or some shit yeah i didn't i didn't get that whole thing i didn't know who they were i was like what's going on but then they started running those vignettes with like the recruiting and all this stuff i'm like all right that's cool and then even when brody was there like he ran it kind of like a mob boss i enjoyed all of the 
uh, non-Vince, but Vince-isms that he was doing, uh, even though they said they, he wasn't. But ever since, mm-hmm. even, like, I'm not, I know people love John Silver. I can't get behind Tiny Hands and his tag yeah. team partner. Like, their their obsession with Hangman Adam Page and their love for Hangman, it, I'm not feeling it, so I, I can't get behind anything Dark Order. I kind of wish that 10 would rip the mask off and maybe go on a heel run and break himself away so we can really see what Preston Vance can do. Because I feel like as much as it's an homage to Brody and so on and so forth, and he was the guy handpicked, I don't think it's doing him any favors. No, I, I think him being hidden and just being relegated to a number is hindering him as a performer and seeing what he can do as a character. Because like as we see, like even like in movies, like when actors have a match. Andy froze again. Um <laughs> before he comes. For instance, if I may, yeah. <laughs> Wait, am I back or no? You're back. You're back. Okay, Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's my Wi-Fi saying we got to wrap this up before I completely just die out. Uh, but to make one more Marvel reference, William Dafoe with the Green Goblin mask in the first Spider-Man movie, he was hindered when he was wearing the mask. You saw in No Way Home without the mask, his character, his facial expressions just thrived and peaked. And I think that's what's in it. He's the willing the foe of AEW. Toby Maguire is the Hulk Hogan of those Spider-Man franchises. But anyway, um, <laughs> Rampage, Spitter Swallow. Wow. Cargo, <laughs> uh, undecidedly. <laughs> See, now, to some people, that might sound like a compliment. But if you know me, that was an insult. Uh, I get what, what you're saying by that. And that's why I was just kind of like, no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> I we had a whole discussion. Is, I am I am not a fan of the Sam Raimi films. Uh, even as a horror movie fan, I realized after revisiting the stuff that I just don't like Sam Raimi films. Like I get and love the character of Ash, but the Evil Dead movies, out of all mm-hmm. the horror franchises, they, they're not my favorite. Toby is number three in my list of favorite Spider Man. I preferred the Amazing Spider Man over the original trilogy. Would he be I, four? If you count uh, Into the Spider-Verse uh, animated film? I don't. I feel like Tobey Maguire is three out of three, it but I feel fun. like or, I feel like Tom Holland is the best of the three Spider-Men, though. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I th- See, we're going to end up talking about Spider-Man here if, if, I, if I chime in. Yeah, so no. So, I'm just going to uh, stay. I do have one Marvel <laughs> thing in my notes from earlier in the conversation. I just wrote down Quill with a question mark because I blame him for everything that happened in infinity war because he could have killed Gamora and avoided it all. So I blame Peter Quill for everything on top of that. Well, they had Thanos beat and he let his own emotion just beat the, it just punched like the, like the mind spell that, yeah. he, that, that he was in and caused everything. That's so, it. That's, so that's was- where we end right there. Peter Quill ruined everything, including Christmas period over <laughs> he's the reason we he's the reason we don't have tony stark in the mcu anymore i feel that's like it. you guys Peter are quill is the reason why we don't have tony stark i feel like we yes, are foreshadowing the, the death of the gargano family legacy with quill gargano quill gargano <laughs> is doomed from the start uh anyway rampage spitter swallow gargle gargle i'm in between all right uh yeah i can agree with that like i didn't hate the show but i didn't love it Last but certainly not least, Monday Night Raw, 
Elimination Chamber, we had the WWE title segment. Bobby says he's going to win. Seth comes out and disagrees and says he's going to win. Then Riddle comes out and babbles on about a fucking toga party, invites everyone to the party because, yeah, uh, they were in Indianapolis. And uh, no offense to JJ, who uh, we all love here, but everyone in the crowd at Indianapolis that cheered for Matt Riddle is a fucking idiot. Uh, Hoosiers disappointed me. Um, I put in my notes that Matt Riddle does Eugene better than Eugene. Um, theory gets booed. <laughs> AJ is a full-on babyface mode. He wants his WrestleMania moment. Brock comes out, uses Theory as a coat rack, gets in Bobby's face. Theory then jumps on his back and gets dropped, and Brock takes a selfie with a laid-out Austin Theory to end the segment. Uh, we got Street Profits versus Rudolph, um, NXT Ziggler recap and chop on commentary. Um, Street Profits get the win. Randy avoids the Broga party, and I don't blame him because I fucking would too. Um, KO says fuck Texas, which might lead to that whole Stone Cold thing that we were talking about earlier. Uh, AJ loses to Damian Priest. Uh, so Priest got the win back, more 50 50 booking. Omus crushes the hurt business. God, I feel bad for Cedric and uh, Shelton. Uh, we cap off Alexa's journey back to Raw. She is getting better looking a little less like the dark bliss. The therapist gifts her Lily's guts and says he has an idea, pulls out a replica. I'm assuming that they stuff the guts back into Lily. And then uh, she is cured and announces herself for the elimination chamber, which we saw today. Uh, 24 seven nonsense. Dane is a cock tease. And then because Dane is a cock tease, Reggie gets fed up, rolls her up and takes the belt away from her. Uh, we got a Becky and Lita contract signing. Becky comes out disheveled, begs Lita to stop, doesn't want to have to destroy Lita's legacy. Lita says she's got one more title run in her, and she's going to destroy the monster that she created if Becky really was as big of a fan as she said she was. Uh, we got a bang of a gauntlet match uh, for the women to decide who was going to be the last entrant in the Elimination Chamber. We kick it off with Nia, uh, Nikki and Rhea. Uh, Rhea beats Nikki, then Liv comes out, Rhea beats Liv, then Dewdrop comes out, Rhea beats Dewdrop, and then Bianca comes out. And unfortunately, as great as Rhea looks, she could not overcome the force of nature that is Bianca Belair. Uh, Bianca defeats Rita, uh, Rhea. And then Rita I thought Repulsa. somebody Rita I thought Repulsa. somebody was going to come out. We were going to find out who the last entrant is, but they saved that for later when Alexa announced herself. Um, Otis and Gable save us from Riddle singing. Thank God. Uh, the Mysterio's defeat the alpha Academy Chad gloats after crashing the party scolds Dom for following the ways of his dad, Eddie um, at Ray's behest. The it couples on commentary Miz drops Ray after the match uh, to set up for their match at Saudi Arabia, which was on the pre-show uh, Alexa is cured. And like we said, in the elimination chamber, and then in our main event, Seth defeats Randy Orton. Randy has it won, but gets distracted because he cares about Matt Riddle, and that is his biggest mistake. If he would just take my stance and say, fuck that guy, he would be far better off and would have won that match. Uh, Monday Night Raw, what are we swallowing? Uh, I'm going to – there's a couple things. One, I really – the Street Profits. Behind them all the way, I feel like they've got champions written all over them. I'm a big fan of Montez Ford. Um, I think that he's going to be a singles competitor and a star on his own coming down the road. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Dirty Dogs uh, in that same regard. I just can't get behind him. Ziggler's one of those guys who has world championship pedigrees. He's had the title and he's been relinquished to, I think, Vince, you were mentioning it earlier, just 
people who can't get into flow in a singles line. So they put them in a tag team and just mm-hmm. like, let them do their thing. I don't think Robert Roode is a bad guy, but they've kind of been relinquished to this mid card run for the last year. And that's all we ever see from them. Well, we talked about I it. Would, I think going to NXT. Uh, well, I should... Go sorry, ahead, Vince. Sorry. No, go, go ahead. Vince. Uh, sorry. I didn't actually hear you started, uh, yeah, but no. I just want to Your add... Wi-Fi blows. <laughs> Among other things. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, to add what Will was saying, like, yeah, like the whole Robert Root stuff, like, I agree. Like, I kind of wish he was the one in the Dolph Ziggler role going back to 2.0 because I think he fits that little 2.0 aesthetic. And, like, I would like to see him and others actually show up that aren't being utilized on main roster that much. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to add. I'm going to swallow the gauntlet match. Um, I think Rhea looked fantastic. Uh, I know how... The women's elimination chamber ended, and I think Vince mentioned it with Bianca getting the win. She also got the win in this gauntlet match, uh, but it was a really, really fun gauntlet match. It really showcased Rhea and made her look like a beast, so I enjoyed the shit out of that, and I am swallowing uh, Alexa joining it. Uh, The fact that she kept the same music and came out, she got, uh, as as you will see, uh, her own swing in the elimination chamber in her cage, which... I was kind of hoping they'd utilize and they didn't, which was a little bit of a disappointment, but that was fun. Uh, But the fact that we didn't revert back all the way to the goddess Alexa and we're either still with the Alexa we had or somewhere in between where they're kind of taking, they're keeping the character the same, but taking away the supernatural aspect, which people were complaining about. However they go about Mm -hmm. it, uh, I'm all for it. I want to see what she has to do. And I enjoy the shit out of Alexa Bliss. So, Yeah, it feels just like a little like alteration, slight tweak to the the latest version of alexa bliss we had seen i'm all for it like i love alexa man like like whether she was like the like the what was it like that pixie like like fairy that she was initially in nxt or the goddess or twisted bliss whatever iteration of alexa she's been fantastic she's great on the mic she's a great character worker she's a good promo and she's really good in the ring people just like like to hate on her because she won so much when she got called up to main roster but she's great and i'm interested to see where they're going and i was one of the people that was just a little bit iffy on the uh, supernatural stuff side of things so we'll see where things go i'm interested um, i'm luke i'm lukewarm on alexa coming back i feel like they need to make her if they're gonna blend the dark alexa with the new alexa it needs to be kind of like the dark goddess kind of thing. She was so over when she was, you know, the, that, that version of herself, but kind of mix some of the darkness, but lose the supernatural spooky side of it and just let her be like a dark version of who the goddess character was. And then like the ring gear she was wearing towards the end where it was similar to the goddess gear, but like more dark and aesthetic. I agree with that. Well, I think it was a little rushed. I would have, I would have loved to see her return actually be at Mania or the Raw after Mania. I thought that would have been a little bit more apropos, but you know, like we got what we got. Uh, and from what we saw at Chamber, you know, the little glimpses that I did see, it's not the worst thing ever. We got a little hint of like it. She... I... Oh, go ahead. Will. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say we we got a little hint of it. I think Alexa is the only person that could pull off the three faces of Foley uh, and do it well, where we could see all of those aspects from her, where the people who enjoy this uh, supernatural dark character, you can get that when it needs to come out, when she needs it, kind of like when he needed to be Cactus Jack, um, where you can get the goddess 
Um, you can get the the in between where she was with Nikki Cross and she was a talk show host. We can that kind of her, I guess, dude love. I guess you'd consider that. You can get mm-hmm. these things from her. Um, I think she can pull that off, and I kind of hope that's the direction that we're headed in is kind of a mix of all three characters where she is who she is when she needs to be and uh yeah. utilizes those characters she's very versatile in that sense and i thought that she was the perfect uh choice and candidate to be selected to be added to that brave Wyatt like firefight funhouse universe i think she was perfect thought she was great Fantastic. I think the going with what you were saying, Vince, with her being a little bit rushed on the return, I think that being Bailey, Lacey Evans, and Asuka, none, they're not ready to come back yet. So I felt like with her being the next in line out of those group of four, like they had to get somebody back into that position quickly. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like I'm really starting struggling to like think who could have been placed in that role. And you're right, well, like, if you don't have, like, a Bailey or an Oscar or anyone else, it's kind of hard to get them in there, especially since some names that fit perfectly, like a Shayna Baszler, are on the opposite brand, you know? Maybe don't release the wrestlers that you could use, like a Nia Jax, and put them in the chamber, you know? I thought maybe Charlotte might put herself in the chamber, win it, and then put, you know, against Ronda and a, or against Becky in a title versus title thing. That's what I predicted what I thought was going to be happening. No, nah, man. This Alexa was <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that that's what they might do with Roman and Brock. And no, uh, I haven't seen the men's chamber match. Uh, so I hope that Brock didn't win. Oh, well, nope, nope. Spoilers? Spoilers? Nope. I'm not going to say nothing. Matt, it's your show. Because uh, this is going to drop after the chamber, anyways. It's going to drop after the chamber. It'll probably drop tomorrow if Travis doesn't get it up tonight. Uh, I had it on, but I actually missed like the entire men's chamber as we were doing this. I looked over and the show was over, so I don't know who won. So I got to go back. And Interesting. Watch, so. Interesting. I know. Who so won. we'll see. We'll see. And I haven't been on Twitter yet. Um, I'm also going to. Seth and Randy was a good match, so I'll swallow that. I also enjoy the fact that it was Riddle that cost Randy because I really hope by the time we get to WrestleMania, we're ready for Riddle versus Randy and we get away from RK, bro, and they, 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 they just end this and then we can put Matt Riddle where he belongs in the 24-7 division because um, that's where I'd like to see him and that's where I think he will uh, thrive. Um, but, yeah, no, the, the match was great, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swallow that. Um it's continuing to fuel whatever story they're going with. So we'll see. Other than that, I mean, KO's promo, if it leads to Stone Cold, then yeah, that's a swallow. Outside of that, it was just him shitting on Texas. So, like, unless it goes somewhere, eh. um, AJ, Damian Priest was good. We talked about, Will and I again talked about this before uh, Vince got on. I'm, I'm, I'm lost on Damian Priest because I enjoyed Damian Priest as the archer of infamy, as long as he wasn't doing the archer shit. Like I just enjoyed him as a person minus mm-hmm. shooting fake arrows at shit. Now they're doing the Damien inside stuff. And this is not hitting for me, even though no, he's champ. It's, it's, it's not good, especially because his theme song was so cool. I thought he just, when he got called up to me roster, it was like a little like distance from like the uh, archer infamy thing. He was just kind of like really cool, like wrestler. And that's what I liked about him. And I feel like they're forcing this whole Damien and Priest split personality. By the way, I just ran into what the fuck happened in the men's chamber. And wow. Um, Am I going to be really, really upset? I don't know. Uh, you did say you were going to stand him until WrestleMania. 
Okay. Well, then I'm not going to be really upset. There's only one person that could have won that chamber that I would have been really upset with, Vince. You should know that. Yes, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I lost my train of thought. No, sorry. <laughs> you guys go on. I lost my train of thought after that. Uh, are we swallowing anything else from Raw? Um, I can get behind Ciampa being teased on the main rosters uh, as long as they used him properly. If they're going to call Ciampa up, I want him to be utilized for who he is. I don't want him to get caught up in this WWE identity crisis where they bring guys over from NXT. They get lost in the mix. He gets relinquished to the mid card of the 24-7 division. And going with what you were saying at Damian Priest, along with Shinsuke on the irrelevancy of mid card titles, this guy's held the belt for a long time. Couple defenses, but a lot of rematches and the like the the 50 50 booking like they just go back and forth one week it's this one week it's that um i just can't get behind damian priest where he's currently at shifting gimmicks the De- dr jekyll and mr hyde thing it's just very wishy-washy for me just very middle of the road right now i'm with you on that vince you got any other swallows uh i actually didn't watch raw this week it was the only show i was unable to catch and i was okay. trying to watch the hulu version on work at work but too busy for it so can't really swallow anything i didn't see um i'm spitting obviously everything matt riddle because i always do but this leads me to something that i i've been talking about and i want to talk about so we mentioned uh during this broga party we saw carmella and zelina there i think seeing as there are no women's tag teams on the main roster outside of carmella and zelina instead of forcing women together and creating tag teams what they should do is they should have Zelina and Carmella start feuding um and then take the women's tag team titles and turn it into a mid-card title where they well I'm sure a lot of people would not be happy with the idea of either Carmella or Zelina being the first to hold a new women's mid-card title it is the easiest way to get us there there neither of them can wrestle for one thing let's start there (laughs) <laughs> well that's a fair point but a lot of men wrestlers can't really wrestle like that but they're great character workers and i like like say what you will like carmella is a good character i think on, on the mic she's pretty solid when she was uh like princess of Staten island when she was miss money in the bank she was great great character work great human. and i feel like so she's a little better than people me. give her credit for too like she is she is it's just in ring she's, she's not, not she's not a charlotte she's not a becky she's not a no. bailey but I think as far as mid-card goes, she's pretty damn good as far as a mid-card wrestler would be concerned. Um, if we want to make comparisons, I think Carmella is closer to a miss where the in-ring isn't as good, but will continue to as, uh, like exceed expectations and be better as her career goes along and will match her outside of the ring. So if you got those two to feud and then they were feuding with each holding a tag team title they unified it into a singles title and made it a new singles championship. That would be a way to get us our women's mid card title. Cause at this point, main roster women's tag team titles, basically irrelevant. Like they're just walking around holding them. They have no competition. There are no women's tag teams on the main roster. Um, and they're not going to be able to do it as well as NXT is doing it. So why even bother? Um, other than that, I'm not really swallowing anything from Monday night raw. Like, Spitting Matt Riddle. I'm spitting almost. I'll dive in. I'll just go ahead and start it. Um, (laughs) I think he's big. He's burly. He looks like he should be a brute. Uh, He doesn't – he 
he's attempting to work like a big man without the the pedigree of being trained by a big man like you can tell the way he works he's not trained by somebody who was a giant he looks yeah. like a mid-sized dude trying to do mid-sized moves but he doesn't he needs to slow down. He needs to be more, he needs to be more terrifying in the ring. And right now I feel like he's not, he's just not carrying himself the way a big guy does. I said the same thing about Sankey, Shanky. Um, he's a big guy who just doesn't know how to work like a big guy yet. And I feel like he's too green to be where he's at. He got the, the title push with AJ Styles as his Colossus or whatever, but I just can't get behind him. Fair enough. Uh, if we're on the, on the spit category again even though i didn't watch raw i want to spit the fact that veer has still still has not come he has still <laughs> still has not came all i want is for veer to come and he just hasn't came yet and like I, I i'm i'm like spitting this whole anticlimactic just let the man come already that's that's what i'm gonna spit about raw all right uh let's just <laughs> overall monday night raw spit or swallow spit Bit. yeah it's better than um i got one last thing before we wrap this up so uh from patreon uh mike willis asked that we cover one thing uh for this month's topic which is the run-in championship reigns of the new day it is black history month um we have two of the three members of the new day as wwe champions within the last five years they are arguably one of the greatest factions and greatest tag teams of all time um I always said it was either the Dudleys or the Road Warriors, but when you look at the prolific reign of the New Day, them bringing back the Freebird rule, you could easily put the Usos and the New Day up there uh, in that echelon of the Dudleys, of uh, the Road Warriors. Um, so just thoughts on the New Day, um, where you think they're going to go, fond memories, things like that. Uh, for me, personally, uh, well, well, for me personally, starting with Kofi Mania, everybody saw it building up the chance for him to win the title. Um, I feel like that was that ultimate feel-good story over Daniel Bryan. I think that the build-up to Big E getting finally getting his push, having two IC title reigns and an NXT championship reign, and then finally having the opportunity to win the title was great. I don't necessarily agree with how they ended his title run. I felt mm -hmm. like the way it ended kind of, I don't want to say downplayed the thing as a whole, but he didn't really get a chance to have that build-up feud to, to have a good reason to drop the belt. He got, that's just kind of the opinions. And as far as Woods go, I feel like winning the King of the Ring was kind of his chance to be a push as a, a, a singles competitor. And I've, if he wins a title, uh, if he wins a heavyweight title, then it's going to be hard-pressed for you to say that the three of them together with their tag, tag titles and their singles titles, that they couldn't be the best or top two or three tag teams or stables of all time, just by pedigree and statistics alone. So they're one <laughs> world championship away from being the best ever. Yeah, and to even add to that, will the like like the you, the case can be made for like to add like teams and factions like the Shield that they mm -hmm. have their single success, but they did that apart from the Shield, not as members of the Shield. Whereas in the New Day, both in Kofi Kingston and Big E, despite him being on Raw and the rest of the members on SmackDown, they did it as members officially of the New Day. And if Xavier Woods somehow manages that as well, which That'd be great to see. I think right now they've already solidified themselves as the top three, if not the top tag team in WWE history. 
the world is like ever in history, like in, inside of wrestling is debatable as well. They're top three for sure. All their tag team title reigns, what they've done individually as members of the New Day, like, as a faction, they were up there as well. Like they're the longest reigning faction in WWE history currently, like since, since their formation back in the day, like in the PG era till now, they're still with a faction that have not disbanded. And I think they're one of the factions that should not ever be disbanded. That's just my personal take. And when you look at it, I mean, they they were given a shitty gimmick. They were giving the uh, Southern yes. Baptist preacher gimmick, and they took that and they turned it into what it is now. They transformed it into something amazing. Something, I mean, some of their matches with the Usos are some of the best matches, you know, tag team wise we've seen in WWE and feuds. Um, again, I said bringing back the Freebird rule. Kofi being the first black WWE heavyweight champion, not world heavyweight champion, but WWE champion since The Rock. Um, and then now we've seen Bobby Lashley and then Big E, who we were all pushing for, waiting for it. I mean, we saw him as NXT champion. We saw him as, as you said, intercontinental champion. He had a great program with Apollo Crews over there on SmackDown when they originally got split up um, and really brought Apollo Crews up, did some great things with Apollo Crews there. Um Xavier Woods is just fucking entertaining. And the fact that yeah. all he ever wanted in his career was to get that King of the Ring and he finally got, he got it, it and he, he got to tack that on there is amazing. I'd love to see more from him, um, either singles wise, uh, IC title run or a US title run, something like that. If he, you know, I I think, I mean, we've seen Kofi as champ, we've seen Big E's champ. I don't think there's any reason why we couldn't see Xavier Woods at some point holding the WWE championship. Um, we've had the Miz, Xavier. Yeah is as talented if not more talented in ring than the Miz and just as talented on the mic so if Miz can do it Xavier can do it um we said they are are in the argument for one of the greatest tag teams of all time uh probably one singles championship win away from being the greatest faction of all time um and that's talking about you know the most prolific you got the four horsemen you've got NW all that and they're in that running they are definitely one Mm -hmm. of the greatest groups in wrestling history and have really taken chicken shit and made chicken salad out of it uh turning something that was doomed to fail into one of the greatest things ever and as big dragon ball fans we got that wrestlemania entrance with the saiyan gear uh which was fantastic and just all the shit they do so um huge fan coming out as like mortal kombat characters as different versions of Mm -hmm. jason david frank's uh, tommy the power ranger uh so many callbacks is so many different things. We got a Seinfeld gear from Biggie. Like, there's so many great things about the New Day as a whole collectively. They they have their own podcast. What faction can say they have their own podcast? Yeah, yeah. There you go. And B- Biggie proved me wrong because I was one of the people that said that for WWE to push him, he was going to have to drop you know the silliness and become you know leave. And I was and wrong. I love that he did it. I and love that he I, did it. I will admit that 100%. I'm glad that he did it his way, that he was able to stay true to himself and he didn't have to do what we all thought WWE was going to make him do to get there, and he got there. Um, mm-hmm. Will, what was your favorite show this week? Uh, my favorite show this week was Dynamite. I feel like overall it just kind of delivered the best. Plus, like I said, a huge bias because I got to be there live in Municipal to see it. So Dynamite was a, a fun show to be at. Yep. Uh, Vince? Uh, just because, it, despite some results, I thought the best show of the week was NXT Vengeance Day. It felt like a pay-per-view because it technically was, and pay-per-view shows are always better than standstill 
weekly program. So Vengeance Day, guess the best show of the week. Look at you. You're you're finally on the same page with me for one week because <laughs> I told you a couple weeks ago that if it wasn't for the stuff we had gotten with Keith Lee that, mm-hmm. you know, or something else happened, that if you had picked NXT any other week, you'd be in agreement because as I told Will, NXT is probably my favorite show every week. I I, I love NXT 2.0 and I'm going to agree. I had nothing to spit from NXT 2.0. Like I, I enjoyed yeah. the entire show. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. Will, please tell everyone listening where they can find you about botched spots and chair shots, which is also half of the name of this episode. So Vince, don't forget episode 232, botched spots botched and spots undefined, and undefined erections. erections. And then uh, pick whatever <laughs> pick whatever thumbnail you want. I, I've got no preference. Uh, you can follow Botch Bots and Chair Shots on all social medias everywhere on the internet. You do everything. Uh, I am the host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice, the Will Gray. Um, we cover everything from modern wrestling to the historical importance of the territory days. Uh, we do features and blogs through our website as well. Uh, we have a partnership with Tennessee All Pro Wrestling, which is an indie promotion in Nashville. So we do independent spotlights and have a chance to work with some of the up-and-comers through AW and Impact and MLW that come through those locker rooms. Um, so check us out at BotchBotsAndShareShots.com and on all social medias. And uh, congratulations to you on finishing that last round of chemo. Yes. Uh, last week, last Friday the 11th, was chemo round 120 seven months 29 days somewhere around 5,000 pills taken hours and hours of chemotherapy but i didn't have to lose a hair on my head i don't know how Which i managed to do ass. it but i didn't lose a hair on my head or my beard the entire time so kick ass man that's a that's win awesome uh i do have one quick question for you so yeah. you're the host of botch uh-huh. spots and chair shots uh-huh. um who is allison allison is an old friend from college she does okay. marketing work and stuff through Google and some of her like real world jobs. When I initially approached her, I was like, hey, I'm starting a podcast. I need a graphic design work done, get some stuff done. She wasn't a huge wrestling fan. But then as we started to gain traction, she started to do, she does all the important business side of it for me. If okay. somebody wants to talk about money or talk about marketing or any of that, she does that. All I do is hang out and talk about wrestling. which so i was curious because she's awesome on twitter she shares uh and likes our posts she's very interactive really cool and her title said boss bitch of botch spots and chair shots and i'm like well i thought that was will and i've listened to your show and i haven't heard her on so i didn't know if she was a co-host and she was just taking some time off because i haven't gone like back so i was curious as to what her role was as the boss bitch and she does all the behind the scenes stuff man she yeah. does. Uh, she covers our social media platforms, everything except for Twitter. You're pretty much stuck with me on there. She covers Facebook. She covers a lot of the photography work that the podcast does. So anything you see on the website that's from TAP or any of the live shows we go to is mostly her work. Um, she does all, like I said, the graphic design work, pretty much anything that's important outside of my voice or my text. She helps cover because I'm irresponsible. Just so you can call it what it is. I'm a 12 year old man child. I play video games. I watch wrestling and I cook for a living. Like somebody has to rein me in. Well, I totally get you, man, because like as I'm about to get to my like plugs, like I'm supposed to be in charge of the Instagram for the Smackin' the Raw podcast. And that's like I forgot I, like I've been late on posting the episode stuff. So I'm two episodes behind already as is. So I understand needing a meet uh, like social media coordinator or something so listen i handle 
everything else. I book yes. the guests. I host the show. I take the notes. I run the Twitter. I gave you Instagram and you're slacking, Vince. You're slacking. Two, two weeks behind. Uh, um, you didn't I even show up to the last episode. I know. Don't blame I, it on I the Wi-Fi is what he'll say. So. It's the Wi-Fi's fault. Oh, it's always the Wi-Fi's fault. <laughs> it's the Wi-Fi's fault. Uh, but no, um, also too, like the one the one booking that I've been trying to get done for like the last months because of scheduling conflicts on there and then our end has not lined up. So like hopefully I get my one booking. <laughs> and he froze. Uh, so before Vince comes back, which will be like, able, right yeah, now. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. <laughs> uh, hopefully you get them for March 4th, seeing as I won't be here and you will actually be hosting the very first episode of the smacked raw or smacking it raw podcast. Sorry. Kyle was fucking with me about the, uh, the smacked raw stuff earlier on the brain, uh, the smacking it raw podcast that neither mm-hmm. I or Travis will be on. So, uh, monumental you and Katie. Moment. It could be you See, and here's the thing. your guest. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I might exclude Kitty on purpose to give myself an extra point on the Pornhub poppy race. So we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. I might be even killing you and just have her on the show. If not, I might do her dirty. And get so basically free, what you're free. saying is if you can get your guests, you're going to leave her off. But uh, if, as normal, you need her like I need her when you don't show up, she'll be on the show. We'll see. We'll see. I think uh, I'll let, let that week determine how things go. But so we can wrap things up. Uh, the only thing I want to plug is obviously my show, social medias at SCS Vince on Instagram and Twitter, which I want to go ahead and say that I'm doing a March Madness Wrestling Factions bracket tournament in March, which will, I would love to get your input on as well. Send me your top 10 favorite factions of all time, inside WWE, outside WWE, current or past. Use your own personal criteria, either wrestling uh, accolades or just personal like fan favorites that you connected with the most send them to me dm me personally on either twitter or instagram that's at ses vince and whichever six uh i think i'm going to do 34 if not just the sweet 16 whichever factions get the most nominations will be added to that bracket and depending on how many votes they get determines their seating as the number one seed or the 16th seed so that's a little fun thing that i'm gonna cook up so go ahead and do that. And like I said, follow the show on Instagram because we're gaining more followers still. They're at SmackNerdRawPod on Instagram. You know I do that during my whole spiel, so you, you just don't have to do that part anymore. Because like I couldn't get you to do the Facebook and everything, so I just I, I just handle all that. So uh, for anyone from Botched Spots and Chair Shots who is listening to us for the first time and enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Rithers at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. Also, Twitter, we have the Smackin' Raw Pod. It's at Smackin' Raw Pod. Uh, Creation World is the banner under which we exist on Twitter and Instagram. It is uh, Creation World, T-H-E-C-R-E-A-T-I-A World. Facebook.com slash Creation World. Facebook.com slash group slash Smackin' Raw. And CreationWorld.com. All of these places you guys can find us, other shows from Creation World, like Super Flash Hero of Tomorrow if you're into the DC CW universe. Uh, if we ever do an episode two of dungeons after dark, where Travis makes me play dungeons and dragons episode one is out. You can find that there. Uh, you'll find links to the YouTube for creation world, which is where you can find all of our stuff. You can find my link tree for the audio version of this, which is on Spotify, Google play, Apple podcasts, all those things. Um, also those shows on audio. And of course, 
what we are known for and the whole reason we are here. You can find us on Pornhub under Creation World. We are the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. And I am happy that after your final round of chemo, I was able to put you on Pornhub for the very first time. Well, so thank you for coming and joining us out. This is exactly how I was hoping that my first soiree into the, the porn industry would be, would be discussing chemotherapy and pro wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so for Will Gray of botched spots and chair shots and daddy Delgado, I am the warden, Matt Ritter. This has been smacking a raw, the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. Later y'all. Thank you guys.